You're processing marital issues in your scripts? That's weird. I've never done that. Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of CinemaSins. I'm Aaron Dicer, and I'm joined, as always, by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Danae Hughes. We write for Cinema Sins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the Cinema Sins universe as well. Uh, Danae, when you can't think of something within a second and a half, you just make a noise. This is this I is guess so. this is what you do. Spur of the moment stuff. It was you, it was. Beautiful. You could have said my car smells like Wendy's. I mean, that was a perfect. You had stuff. You had stuff that'll I had be in the so outtakes. Much. Yeah, you, there was so much to go with, but uh, you or went what with is Brahms. Froze. By I the froze. way, have, have I asked that before? What is Brahms? Oh, oh you Brahms. don't have Brahms. Brahms is a... Is that the Dairy Queen place? You, no, well, we've talked about this. They are a dairy, okay. but I think they're I think they're more known as No, fast food. no, no. That was just the only thing I could think to compare it to. Or like oh. Twisty, yeah. like Twisty, what is that? They're in Florida. It's like Twisty Cone or something. I have no so, idea. But it's I an ice cream place, right? As a, uh, a drive-thru snob, Brahms is at the top of my pyramid because... They uh, only will have a restaurant within so many miles mm-hmm. of their farms, so they actually source their food from their own farms. So is it? And then they and they have so like they a have like hamburgers well. and stuff, or is it just yeah. ice cream? Oh, yep, okay, hamburgers, and then they make their own ice cream. That's why I compared it to Dairy Queen. Yeah, you can buy. And they have really really good tea as well. That's one of the reasons I love to go there is because their tea is delicious. You can buy a gallon nice. of milk there too. They sell their mm-hmm. own uh, milk. So yeah. So is Brahms a dairy farm out there? Well, I, I, purity. Just, I mean, it's it's a fast food restaurant. That's what it is. But they, oh. yeah, they have this interesting, you know, kind of farm to table kind of thing going you on. Can, oh, you can go and cool. tour their farm if you want to. Um, I mean, not right now because of COVID, but um, their farm is in Oklahoma. So ah. they, you, you have to be within a certain distance of the farm for there to be a Brahms, from what I understand. They also wrote some really great classical music. <laughs> So I don't know if you knew that, but <laughs> Danae's eye roll was classic. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad you couldn't see that, everybody. Yeah. I, I do want I do want you to know because we we have to start our show, and I realize that. But well, we I have genuinely, started our show, so you're good. I love I love fast food so much that I literally just want to talk about Brahms history right now. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, fast food too, but we don't have anything like. Cool. Like we just have the usual stuff. Oh, we have Culver's. I don't know if you guys have those. You know, those the, are those the, are Midwest. Those are uh, like Wisconsin. Yeah, they're they're now. We have Culver's as well. The thing you have that we don't have that I I found interesting, if a little bit basic, is that place that has all the different shake flavors and um, also has like fair food kind of stuff, like corn dogs and burgers and. You- oh, you're talking about um, cookout? Yeah, cookout. I've ne- I'd never seen those till I. I was in nashville those are i can't remember where those originated it wasn't here it might no. have been kentucky yeah. I, I don't know but uh we just got those like yeah in the last like 10 years yeah th- those are those are pretty tasty yeah that's not bad the shakes are amazing the malts or whatever you, you know, call them because they do they have like 87 flavors yeah yeah there's a lot of choices <laughs> also the thing i like about that place though is like that's the only place i know where sides are like corn dogs and stuff so like you can get like a hamburger and then with your with your platter you can get like for your sides, you can get like a corn dog and nuggets. Right. So you can have like a hamburger, corn dog, and nuggets <laughs> as your and meal. A shake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, Aaron, I just I have a great idea for you because you're a super taster. So yes, you I open am. up a restaurant called Super Taster. I've talked about people, this. 
people will think that it's going to taste super, but really they go in and everything is going to be, it's going to be bread sandwiches. Willie, yes, I've talked about this. I've talked about the idea of doing a super taster restaurant where everything is plain, everything is bland and only Mm -hmm. super tasters will love it. But it sounds like dessert wise though, you, you, you eat, I mean, you can have flavor there or do you, uh, well, it depends. Icings, cheesecake, those kind of things. I cannot do like anything Ah. that has, too rich yeah is rich uh is is really annoying um but yeah you would come it will literally be you'll have a you'll have like (laughs) your bread sandwich and then you'll have a cookie like a chocolate chip cookie and yes i just i just defended barrett this morning because i wrote a scent in a script i send fudge cake uh, (laughs) because i hate fudge cake but here's here's the thing about and the he was cho- like that, that's like he sitting like, Betty White. <laughs> Everybody loves fudge cake. Why are we sitting fudge cake? I love it, but why? Here's the, here's the thing about the chocolate chip cookie at Super Tasters, uh, the restaurant. Uh, the chocolate chip cookies at Super Tasters are not semi sweet chocolate chips. They are milk chocolate chips. Uh, that is very important because the semi sweets are too bitter. Uh, and so yeah, mm-hmm. so there you go. I'm telling you. That- is there an example? Like, is there somebody that does real the, the right cookie? Me, I make amazing cookies. <laughs> there, Danae. Danae's the Because I'm assuming like Chips Ahoy is probably the semi-sweet, right? Like stuff like that. Well, the thing process. with Chips Ahoy is I just taste the processing. I just, I yeah, just you know, taste I don't like them either. The, the chemicals. I, like, I prefer my cookies like freshly yep. made. Yep, yep. So, I prefer my cookies before they're baked in raw <laughs> dough form. <laughs> now, you got to be careful. I just heard somebody compare eating cookie dough to not wearing a mask and got my hackles <gasps> all up. Weird. I'm not a cookie dough person, but I do not agree with that. I will say, though, although I wouldn't just eat cookie dough out of the thing, I had I, have, I do eat cookie dough ice cream occasionally, so I get it. They're like, everybody knows that you could die from it, but they all do it, and that's that's why I'm not wearing a mask. How could you How could you die from cookie dough? You can. The you, raw egg. The raw egg can, in oh. some cases, um, kill you. It has happened. It literally has yeah, happened. Yeah, and that's true. And like cookie dough ice cream, it's probably, it's not like real cookie dough. Like right, it's, correct. It's probably. It's processed. It's pasteurized. Yeah. Yeah. But let me be clear. The one that I'm eating is one I just made the dough myself, and it is absolutely raw egg. (laughs) And I am still eating it. And there's a little bit of danger. There's a little bit of danger with the um, uncooked flour, too. Flour can uh, have. (laughs) But don't people eat raw eggs, though? Isn't that like a protein drink and stuff? Yes. Yes, it happens. But that that can kill you? Like if you're trying to do the rocky thing? Very rare. Your your initial response was was the best today. <laughs> Just perfect. Uh, we should actually get into a show. This may be the longest intro we've ever done. But Sorry congratu- about that, everybody. No, congratulations. Let's enjoy our fast food. We're, we're a day early, so I guess we think we can take all day. So that's, <laughs> we, yeah, we're going to we go. A, we're going to record till tomorrow. We had a special episode <laughs> last week, and so now we have so much to say. Well, you're not you're not wrong because before we get into this inside scoop, we do have a couple uh, things from that we missed last week that people have said they want to hear yeah. our opinions on. Yeah, I, so, I, I told. Totally watch these videos. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do, uh, specifically Onward and Phineas and Ferb were the ones that fans really wanted to hear our thoughts on. Uh, mm-hmm. So we are going to talk about those from last week. Okay, let's go ahead and do that within this inside scoop. What's he building in there? Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This is a true story. 
We're going to take a look at the videos from the week and a couple from last week, the process of sending them and how we felt about the show or movie in general. Uh, with Onward and Phineas and Ferb, we're not really going to talk about the actual sin videos that much, but people did want to know our opinions on those things. So let's start with Onward, which and- I think all of us have seen. Jonathan, have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Chris and I did a mini pod on it. Right, right. So we've all seen Onward. So this is one of those rare occasions where all three of us may have an opinion on the thing. Um, I don't probably need to say much. People are pretty aware of my Pixar thoughts in general. Uh, and I think this is a, a great movie. But I would love to hear... Uh, Danae, Real quick, which, though. Go I'm ahead. sorry. Do you have a Pixar movie like you would call bad? Uh, Cars 2 uh, is okay. right on that line for me. I'm not sure it's a bad movie, but it's not a it's not a good movie. You know what I mean? It's, it's still, just... it's yeah. So, yeah, that would be the one. Roger Ebert loved the hell out of that movie, though. That's, that's, that's still the thing about Cars 2 that always kills me is, like, Roger Ebert gave that, like, a three-and-a-half star review. <laughs> it's, amazing. it's amazing. I don't think he even liked Cars very much, but he just he loved that one for I some genuinely reason. I'm sorry. Like, I genuinely like Cars. I think Cars is a really good movie. So and you like good – well, no, Cars is fine, but you like Good Dinosaur? I actually really like Good Dinosaur. Oh, it okay. is, it is <laughs> on another podcast I do. It is one of the classic episodes where uh, my co-host and I argue about Good Dinosaur while Danae tries to uh, uh, what would keep what, the peas. Yeah, <laughs> tries to be the intermediator for our. Argument. No, I've only seen it once. My only problem with it was it just it felt like it felt like it was two movies that were fighting against each other, I think and that's fair. I, that that was the part of it I didn't like. But you know, it's it's harmless. I mean, I don't. I don't have a strong opinion about it, but you were asking Danae her opinion. I'm sorry I interrupted. Yeah, what's your what's your what are your thoughts on Onward, Danae? Uh, I I watched it so that I didn't get spoiled on it because it is one mm-hmm. that I was really interested in, especially since I was seeing a lot of D and D references. Um, and I actually started watching this at uh, a friend's house. I don't know if I can say that it was your house, Aaron, because then that will indicate that we actually broke social distancing. People know that we hang out. I think that's Oh, you fair. watched the movie together. That's so cute. My husband, well, my, I think it was I, my daughter wanted to come over. Yeah, and your daughter out. wanted to come over and hang out. Yeah. And so we texted Aaron and then we went over and Justin, my husband, hadn't seen Aaron's like movie set up. And so mm-hmm. uh, we went over there recently and um, he put on Onward on the big screen and uh, we actually stopped watching it because Iris was getting a little overwhelmed with the action of the movie. And so it was like one of those, I have to go back and finish this before mm-hmm. we send it on the show. And so um, my husband was kind of bummed because i watched it without him so sorry Hughes. definitely Jeez. finished watching it i actually finished watching it in my office on my computer uh that's that's a very different experience than how you started the movie <laughs> it was so different it was like i went from a theater to like a like my, my smartphone screen you know it was really really well, alarming. are you talking about like your laptops see i i watch stuff in my office sometimes but i have like another computer i, I have a bigger computer monitor I don't. That I, Every, oh, okay. Yeah, when I send stuff or when I'm watching on my own, I only have my laptop screens to kind of. I don't work know how with, you guys do that. So far, um, that that might change in the future, but but anyways, to stay on, to stay focused. I just want to let you know, I sobbed by myself Aww. watching this movie, which was I was really alarmed because I did not. I I always think I know where movies are going and oftentimes I do. Um, I find a lot of movies and TV shows to be extremely predictable, which I think most of us can relate to that. But for whatever reason, I thought Onward was going to be going in a completely different direction and where it landed was unexpected and it was heartwarming and it was heartbreaking at the same time. Um, And so I was just sobbing, like thinking about 
the sacrifice God. of one of the characters. To I wish allow... I had gone first now, by the way. Go ahead. <laughs> to, the sacrifice he's about to come of the... in and say he didn't like it, but continue. <laughs> there was the sacrifice of the brother uh, to allow his brother to have a really important moment at the in this movie. It was unexpected. And that just like it just hit me. I, thinking about uh, the main character, like the little kid, I can't remember his name now, but thinking about his just putting myself into his shoes. And um, I have a dad. I have a dad that's always been around. And so but my husband doesn't. And so I was also thinking about how my husband might be watching this movie as somebody who didn't have like a, a father figure that was really around in a way that was positive. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. It just it's a good movie because it, it takes an angle on relationships between men and families that I don't often really like see there was no female for me to like relate to and i really appreciate that in a way oh that's interesting you didn't relate to the uh the woman that owned the restaurant she was she seemed (laughs) actually maybe yeah (laughs) what was what was what was she she was uh griffin Um, she was manticore um, manticore Manticore. yeah that's right octavia spencer voicing uh well i was curious too danae this seemed like maybe it'd be something because it's not like a straight up straight like D D movie or anything but the you know the isn't the brother the the chris pratt he's into like role-playing or well he's into the yeah Yeah, and it's it's role-playing based on the actual creatures because they exist in this world right yeah. So I and and the references to that, like I guess to just talk about the the actual kind of plot points of the movie that I really did enjoy. That was certainly one of them. Like just the adoration of this van and how that kind of plays out in the end. And I don't know. It's just such a for me. I had fun because it was a it was an adventure. This is like a straight up adventure one. Um, I know that there's parts of it that people are annoyed by, but that's just true for any movie. For me, oh yeah, I I had a good time watching this one although it as all if you start to think about it there's there's ways that it falls apart but yeah. i can't deny that this one really touched uh touched my cold dead heart <laughs> i uh it's uh, it's really funny when we did the when we did the mini pod chris ended it with something like you know did you, you know, he always does did you guys see it so on and so forth and then i can't remember what he said he said something about him and then he said jonathan has no heart <laughs> uh, so that was really funny. But no, I don't feel strongly about this movie. I just didn't like it. I just I never got on board with it. And um, it didn't move me in any way. So I mean, that it, I don't really have anything to say about it other than I just didn't like it. No, you're good. Sometimes that I, I didn't like I didn't like bad. the characters. No, and uh, oh, I don't feel bad. I'm just saying I don't really have anything like it didn't annoy me. It, it didn't move me. It didn't move me in any way whatsoever. Um, that reminds me. That reminds but it wasn't me like just... something like bloodshot. I mean, it wasn't like that kind of level. Right. Oh, I, I thought you're saying it wasn't like bloodshot one you love and adore. No, 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 no. <laughs> those just came out right around the same time. So I, I, those, in fact, this onward is unfortunately going to probably be the lowest grossing Pixar film ever just because it came out the week yeah. before yeah. everything shut down. For real. Um, I was told to read the book, The Notebook, when it came out mm-hmm. the, before it was turned into a movie. And it was a group of, of uh, women that were like, you know, you have to read this. It's just so amazing. And so I was like, I don't really want to, you know, read this mm-hmm. and i'm like no 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 it's gonna make you cry and get emotional it's like i don't well, have any oh, yeah. okay you know what I'll sign me it. up <laughs> so then i read it and they literally were watching me as i was reading like the intense part of the what? book where they all they're they're like they were like waiting for me and i'm just like That's reading awkward. it like this dead robot and they're like you are you're so heartless you're so cold how could you hate i'm like this is just so anyways you're talking about onward like i didn't feel yeah. anything i'm like dude i i understand that oh, as, yeah, no. I, I feel that 
What was weird to me, though, and I remember talking about this on the podcast, was that I, I've I've had fa- I've had luckily I've been the luxury of having two father figures in my life. They both passed away though before this movie ever before I saw this movie. And so the dead dad card usually gets me. So I was really shocked it didn't get me. Mm. Well, um, and I think in this, and I, I don't know why, but I just I, everything felt it just felt very contrived. Like the whole thing, just I I never just I didn't feel that fantastical element that you got out of it. So I think, but I love most Pixar movies. I think it's interesting because the Dead Dad card isn't the card that the movie plays, and I think that's what's so surprising. I I, that's what's so surprising about it. And Danae, I'm in the exact same boat. In fact, I wrote us in to this effect that they somehow sneak that brotherly love yeah. thing in there, and I just was not ready for it. Like I just, mm-hmm. I, it's and it's all there. It's perfectly set up. Like all the oh, clues yeah. are there. Everything is there, and it's just like it's just it's not often that like you you fall into where the movie wants you to fall into anymore because everything seems to be really paint by numbers and mm-hmm. expected. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're sobbing cause you're like, but that's, that's not the part that I was necessarily crying at. Like the, the, the brother revelation or whatever, I guess we're getting kind of spoilery for, but like that part didn't get me. It was, it was, um, a different part. <laughs> we can, we, no, I, I agree with you, Aaron, because by, by the, the way, end, so. like you're saying the dad doesn't even really, I mean, I guess he helps them get he's, to where they get. He's almost a MacGuffin in some ways. Exactly. You know? What what I was For saying sure. was that if any movie has anything going on about a dead father, like I'm automatically like, uh, yeah. Uh, and in this one, I just for whatever reason wasn't, and maybe that's why. And then the brother thing, I don't, I don't have a brother, so I mean, right. you know, and, and and I get along with my sisters, so I, I guess, and I do have a brother. Maybe yeah. that was part of it. I don't know. Maybe, but I have, I have had friends though where their father died early, or a parent died early on, and the older one knew the parent better than the younger one. I, I have seen that mm-hmm. um, dynamic, and it's it's interesting. Well, I will tell you, when Barley is telling Ian about his last experience, uh, I, I guess in the hospital with his dad and how he had tubes hooked up, up to him, and that my wife was gone. Like, she was sobbing beside me, you know, just because Ugh. it's so recent in our life of me being in that situation. And, and mm-hmm. I think there's probably a combination cry there of I was there, but also how thankful and grateful I am you know, to be here where I am now. And so, yeah, that the onward just, yeah, it, it really hit home uh, for my family uh, in that way. Um, but yeah, I, I really love the movie. I think it's funny too. I think it's a lot of fun. I think um, Chris Pratt and uh, Tom Holland are obviously having a lot of fun together. And uh, yeah, I had a good time with it. So. Hot take. Aaron loves a Pixar <laughs> Right, movie. exactly. That's why I said I don't. <laughs> where Where is this in your ranking? You know, off the uh, top of your yeah, head? Yeah, no, it's, 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 again, Pixar ranking is a really weird thing because mm-hmm. it's, oh, you Lord. know, there's like, there's 12 A-plus movies that are all basically tied for first. Uh, but this is right under that. This is in the, um, you know. The, the second tier? The second tier for me. So oh, I, I really like that's, that's high praise. Um, yeah, there's only like two or three. Like, I don't like Cars 2. I don't like Cars 3. And I don't like Good Dinosaur. And I didn't really care for this, but I still like this quite a bit better than those three. But yeah, I have a soft place I in like, my heart for the ones that are, in my opinion, underrated. Uh, well, I we think, talked about Monsters University. I yeah, love Monsters University. Monsters University is one. Brave is another one I think is underrated. I like Brave. Um, I do like Brave. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for... Bra- Brave was one, too, though, my daughter fell in love with. That was one of her first movies to fall in love with. So yeah. I have that attachment to it. And she like she loves Merida. And then my, my wife's name 
is uh, Meredith. So a lot of people call her, yeah. a lot of like my daughter and her friends will call her Meredith. Oh, that's cool. Fun. Yeah, so. uh, let's move on to Phineas and Ferb. Uh, a lot of people wanted to hear our opinions on this show. Uh, lots of fans of this show, including myself. Uh, this is one <laughs> oh, of my cool. favorites. I watched this with my boys. This show's been on a while. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't even know if it's still airing new episodes. I don't think it is, actually. I don't. I think it's been done for a minute. I could yeah. be wrong. But it definitely hit that sweet spot of parenting for me where it was one that my boys and I could watch together and have a great time with. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of this show. And in a lot of what I love about the show is right there from the beginning. Like this show kind of knew what it was straight away. So that's kind of fun, too. Um, what are you guys' experience with? Uh, I, 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 I did. Actually, I made the joke about not watching the videos. I did watch these videos. Uh, that was the first time I'd ever seen any part of an episode. I've never because I, I and I didn't have, you know, it came out when I was older. I didn't have kids at the time. Uh, it's not something my daughter ever latched on to for whatever reason. So I've never watched it. I will say at Epcot, I don't know if they still do this. But I know a few years ago they had a I don't know what you call this, but it was like in Epcot kids could play this like virtual park game based on it's like it's like they they send you on an assignment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it's based on Phineas and Ferb. And and there's like you go to different parts of the park and there's clues and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And my daughter did that with my nieces and nephews one year. So that's like my, that's literally my only uh knowledge of the show is just playing that game <laughs> when my we daughter. were at uh when we were at animal kingdom our families together danae mm-hmm. uh, we're at animal kingdom and we played that up game that was like that where you had to get the badges across oh, cool. the animal yes. kingdom and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 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 it was like that yeah i know what you're talking about yeah um so yeah but no but the i mean i liked the video and i'm sure this is a show i would enjoy uh and maybe you know maybe because it, it kind of felt like that kind of ducktales type kind of type fun exciting adventure type show and i i like stuff like that and it plus and it seems clever. like it it seems like it has a genuine like it seems like there's like you know genuinely good humor in it yeah yeah it's not very just clever kid humor. humor yeah yeah, yeah very clever stuff. yeah um so I, I you know maybe it's something i don't know if it's something i'm gonna jump on just because my daughter's older i'm not you know i don't watch cartoons a lot anymore unless we cover them but uh but i could i'm it seems like it's a good show Danae, what yeah, did you it think? seems like it's a it's a safe show to watch because mm-hmm. it's not it's it's just pure silliness. It does remind me a little bit of SpongeBob in its wackiness, where you know it's impossible things are happening, questionable things are happening. But this is like you know I hadn't seen the show before. It's two brothers or whatever they are, um, uh, uh, basically inventing crazy stuff and adventures and their, their sister trying to catch him in the act. And, and if that's what this show continues to do with crazy, uh, imagination, um, in- inventions and things, I can certainly see why this would be a lot of fun. It's, it's got a really addictive opening and um, I love the introduction of this haphazard bad guy and Perry the Platypus, who I didn't actually... Aaron was the one who introduced me to Perry the Platypus. I didn't even know who that was. But when we first started working together in um, radio, I remember I used to go like this and you'd say, what are you doing, Perry the Platypus? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm just growling. <laughs> that should be your Christmas album. <laughs> that's, that's right. It's, that would be even better because I mean, that would be people like Platypus. I don't know how Platypuses sound. I love... Um, I love platypus. I've I've always had a special, and this is no joke. I've always had a special place in my heart for the platypus. There was a time in my life where my mother actually hand sewed me a platypus out of socks and like a cut out part <laughs> of a cool. spray can and put like little eyes on it mm-hmm. because there were no 
platypus stuffed animals around anywhere so she made one for me and i loved that stupid thing um which is which is why you can hear your hate in the video of the fact that they're not uh able to be uh legal pets they're not legal (laughs) socks uh they're so cute they're little bills and their little webbed feet, but then they're not really ducks. They're these like weasel things, these little otters. They're just like this strange combination. It's like it's like God put a couple things in a blender and it was like, here you go. And there's the platypus. It's so cute. Yeah, that's the um, joke, right? Like, yeah, why it's did, the left, I, there's like some old joke about. The, yeah. Is that the joke? I don't know. I, I don't I've, I've just I've heard I've heard like variations on like, how do you explain the platypus? Like, if you don't believe there's a God, I don't know. I, Maybe I can't it's remember. my spirit animal because it can't be defined much. That's like I guess there really haven't ever been stuffed animals. Maybe they did once this show came out. But like I, oh, for sure. I'm a, I'm a platypus at heart, I feel. So anyway, seeing that's, the that's show. That's your spirit the, animal. <laughs> yeah, it's my spirit animal. So for my, so seeing the show for the first time was interesting because I had that flashback to Aaron telling me about Harry the platypus so i was like oh this is the show i never i had never watched it before um i thought it was really cute and a lot of fun but my favorite thing about this whole like um experience was that on archer when we released archer uh, el sequestro however long ago um I went into the comment section and this guy, uh, this person named Lost Legend said, please do everything wrong with Phineas and Ferb. And I responded, okay, because <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> and then they respond, what? I should have said Gravity Falls. Please do Gravity Falls. And I said, shh, you can only use your power once. <laughs> and then Lost Legend's like, no. And so then another person pops on named New Aluna says, "Okay, well then I'll use my power. Please do Gravity Falls." <laughs> I did. I did watch Gravity Falls recently, though, all the way through. It's not. It's not. It's only like three seasons. It's not very many episodes. It's on Disney Plus because so many people had recommended that to me, and they said, you know, being like a horror fan and that kind of thing. Because there's it. It's not like a horror show. It's a kid show, but it pays homages to like creature features and stuff like that. It's it's great. That's that's awesome. I hope we do get to do it at some they, point. We've mentioned it a few wanted times. It have to, ha- wanted it to happen, yeah. but it was really funny to me because I sort of I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm not supposed to go in the comments and be like, okay, but I didn't think that it would be taken <laughs> seriously. But then it's fun because now all this time later, you know, here it is, and so I just like to imagine that there's this like one person in the comments out there in the world. It's like wow. I've I've quit <laughs> liking stuff under the TV sins. Uh, Twitter account. I've stopped liking stuff when people recommend like stuff for yeah. us to do because then they'll be like, "Oh, he liked it, so they must right. be doing it." <laughs> no, I'm just I like your suggestion. It's Twitter. I don't know. I had a good time with this one. <laughs> I don't know, like story arc wise, if like where it goes as far as character development. Um, but it has a lot of potential. Nowhere. Uh, well, and Aaron's <laughs> probably got a there ranking of his, his episodes from best. That's right. Work, I have all so my. We could just go through there. Right. <laughs> I will say I did. Um, uh, at one point in time, start to take uh, pictures of what I was sinning because mm-hmm. their yard is impossibly confusing. And Aaron did a great sin about like the driveway and having to parallel park in your own driveway. That the the overhead shot of the yard and the driveway and like where the car is and where people are going in and out of the backyard and then the trees placement in a couple <laughs> of scenes. It all kind of just moves around. And I really thought about like going at them. But then as the show itself was so ridiculous with like this roller coaster that goes to space and these kids that should all be dead, uh, I realized that you can't really get nitpicky with that stuff mm-hmm. because it's like 
continuity wise, it's sort of just like par for the course for the show. So, um, but yeah, it was interesting. It was really interesting to send. I had a good time. The one thing that you didn't get to experience that does become a part of the Phineas and Ferb amazingness is the songs. They write some incredible songs for this show oh, that's uh, cool. through the show. I love that. And they're really, really fun. So um, it, it's fun. You know, you, you bring up the music and that's going to be in my beyond the sense today. I've got something really exciting to share with you guys. Are they today. like all, are they all like 20 minute episodes though? Is that yeah. how they run? Cause I just noted, I looked up the, it looks like the last episode, uh, the new episode was 2015, but they did 222 episodes. Yeah. And I will over also four say, seasons. uh, I'll finish this up with two, uh, two things. Number one. Yes, they are stepbrothers. Uh, although that, uh, the way that happened is never brought up in the series at all. Uh, it just reflects the creator's kind of, uh, life oh, growing yeah. people, up. People, people so, don't have sex on, uh, cartoons. Come so on. they are, uh, they are stepbrothers and best friends. Uh, and then the other thing is, uh, these are the same creators pretty much went on to make a uh, Milo Murphy's law, which is a, another really fun cartoon that has, I don't a, know that I've heard of that. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of people hadn't, it's way under is the that, radar. Is that on, is that Disney as well? Or is that, I believe different? so. Yeah check that out i believe so um so yeah milo murphy's law is, is a, a lot of fun as well but a lot of people haven't heard of that one so i thought i'd mention that too um cool well that's from last week now we get to get on to this week <laughs> we're an hour three in. hours in <laughs> you know we're just making up for the fact that it was just barely an hour show last week uh so you well, know and when and when are we going to talk about the feedback from that episode? It was so fun. So do we take a quick like another twenty minutes and I can read and why, all the tweets? Why aren't we, we talking or? about Angel has fallen? Well, is there one that's really jumping out at you? They're like, I really, I really love this feedback and and need it to be publicly heard. You're asking me to rank. <laughs> I'm just our... asking you if there's something at the top of your head like this. This can't be. You know, I know we we don't want to spend thirty minutes talking about feedback, but if you've got a couple that are just yeah, like, I can do it. Yeah, go I can for do it. it. I, I can do it. Um. I because last week was like our best, not our best of, but like our recap, our, uh-huh. our year kind of recap. Um, and I just asked for just general like thoughts on Twitter last week, and it was so cool because most people's responses were really similar, and so that's just what I'll highlight is the similarities. Oh, between well, why don't we? I thought you were talking about feedback from the Phineas and Ferb and, and onward oh, videos. No. no, 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 no. This is perfect for the comment section. We'll just save this for the comment section, and you can. But read I already all that have stuff. a comment for something else. Well, okay, then you fine. can. I'll do them all. You, you can I'll do, do them both. all. Since when? Since when do you limit yourself by the rules of this <laughs> I'll show? Do it live. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into Brooklyn Nine-Nine uh, from TV Sins this past week. Uh, the Box was the episode we did since we've already done the pilot. This was a Dicer Watkins script. Uh, Jonathan and I wrote on this, and uh, this may be the best episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like, this it's is a up there. great episode of this oh, show. It's so good. Um, why? Tell me why, because I, I, I didn't understand, like, why it would be the greatest episode. Sure, Jonathan. It's just very, uh, it's very, very clever. It's very well, it's like this really tight, well-written, like, interrogation piece. And I think the thing, and we mentioned this in the video, but I think one thing about Brooklyn Nine-Nine, that it is a sitcom. It is 100% a sitcom. Like, it is a comedy. But you can tell the people writing it um, have an affinity for, like, cop shows and murder mysteries and stuff like that. Because it actually plays as a pretty good cop show a lot of the time. And it actually has, like, really interesting, like, mysteries and things like that in it. And this was just a good example of one. It's just fun seeing Jake, I think, interrogating people. One thing, I think that's a highlight of the series in general. And then to have him and the captain together playing off each other. And then also it's, which I talk about, I'll talk about this, I'm keeping tabs, but it's also playing off a pretty famous episode of the show Homicide, which Andre Brogger was in. 
Um, so there's, and then plus you get, um, all of a sudden I forgot his name playing the, uh, Sterling the K. one Brown? being interrogated. Yeah. The amazing Sterling K. Brown playing off of the two of them. And it's just, it's a trifecta of genius. Yeah. Bottle, uh, ep- bottle episodes can, uh, really elevate a show if they're done right. And this is one, of, mm-hmm. and when I say bottle mm-hmm. episodes, it basically means we're only focused on a couple characters and they're in the same environment the entire show. Uh, and it allows for it to really breathe and explore some things that you don't usually get a chance to explore in 22 minutes. And this, I think this movie sings based on two movie? primary. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's that good. It's that good episode of an episode of a sitcom that I called it a movie. So good. Um, No, the two things that make this episode sing, I think, and you've already uh, mentioned both of them, is number one, it's able to explore the relationship between uh, Holt and um, I just for Jake, right? Peralta. Peralta. Holt and Peralta, their relationship is is a really great, fun, and meaningful part of this show. And it gets to explore that in some some really fun ways. And then, to Sterling K. Brown, he's so good in this. I think he mm-hmm. won an Emmy for this, at least was nominated uh, for this episode. And uh, really, he's so good in this. Mm-hmm. And I just, it's it's just, it's a really great piece of television. Um, it's really well done. It I really think I, I should probably just watch it then, you know, instead of just sending it. Yeah, because you should watch the whole show. It's a <laughs> It's a great show. Yeah, I can't. It, it really I can't. I'm obsessed with another show right now. I can't. <laughs> like um, Grey's Anatomy? But more about that and Sterling in my Beyond the Sin. I'm, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm so excited. I just want to get there so bad today. All right. Well, let's let's move into the video. So you watch, you watch The Predator? <laughs> By the way, that outtake worked out beautifully. The uh, one from The Predator. I was yeah. so happy that that actually worked because I yeah. really wanted Because that's like one of my favorite Sterling Cray Brown moments in anything. Not that The Predator is like a great piece of work, but that moment. Uh, and he's really good in it. So Yeah. Uh, Danae, what did you think about this video since you didn't write on it? Are we trying to get to Beyond the Sins as fast as possible? Yeah, for you. Just, just, just like, for it you. was so good. <laughs> <laughs> the rest, yeah, the rest of the video is for the week. We'll just we'll spend a few seconds on. Um, I want to know who is responsible for the whole Button Tuesday tip thing. I think that was me. Yeah. Wait, what oh, was you? that? Yeah, oh, that I was... think I think Aaron added to it. I think Aaron uh, uh, massaged it a little bit. Yeah, was, was there something actually to that? Did one of you actually search for buttons and get lost? Yeah, in no, a Google I, search? I googled. What was it? I Connie can't remember buttons. what the line. Connie buttons. Huh? There was a character called Connie yeah. buttons. Yeah, and so I just I, I don't know what made me do this. I guess I had a Danae moment, and I just googled Connie buttons, and uh, that was the first thing that came up. So all that's true. And then Aaron, I think Aaron added a little bit at the end, like after, because I don't think I had the thing about the narrator actually making something or trying to make something. It super did. It was like, this is, this is one that I feel like (laughs) I would super write where it's like, I, great. I just lost 12 hours to this, you know, search. It reminds (laughs) me of that. It had that vibe to it. So of course I really loved that one. And And I want to know all about your Tuesday tips for buttons. So (laughs) it was, and it was just the way Brogger said Connie buttons. It just, it's such a funny moment. Moment and it just yeah. stood out to me and so i was like i'm gonna google connie buttons i think it's brower um, isn't it is it brower or brower yeah i'm sorry no it no, no. Is. i was just making sure just making sure i think it is i think it is and then just i uh i wrote down several but just in seriously in interest of of moving on um <laughs> no say them all say them all <laughs> no no uh was the uh the 
uh, hiring now sign inside the PD. I don't know why that one got me, but I stopped it and chuckled for a little bit on that one. Just thinking about, you know, all these perpetrators being brought in for questioning. Mm -hmm. And it's like, do you want to be hired? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I bet I bet places do that regularly. I just thought it was odd. Like like the idea of it. Yeah. You know, you go in for a sandwich. (laughs) You're like, you know what? I do need a job. That's how I got my first job at Taco Bell. I was literally ordering a taco. And the uh, person that was taking my order was like, you've got a really great personality. And I was like, thanks. And then he's like, we're hiring. Oh, really? Uh, sure, I'll apply. And then I got the job before, <laughs> Funny I, story. before I left the restaurant. That's exactly how I got my job at the NYPD. Uh, I was... <laughs> <laughs> well, and, the, and maybe that's why you keep fast food in your car, because working in Taco Bell, you got so used to that environment. You're like, I need my car to smell like this all the time. I need. Yeah, I was used to leaving my job just reeking of tacos. Oh, and so... I worked fast food. I remember reeking of fast food. I smelled like Chick-fil-A, but right. it yeah. wasn't any better. New, new drinking game uh, rule. Uh, take okay. a drink every time Jonathan mentions something that's in the outtakes that you haven't heard yet. <laughs> uh, that's all I've got, though. What do you guys have? Um, I mean, Aaron did a great bit about questioning the timeline. I thought that was really because it was like and I, I think Barrett kind of chimed in on that, too, because it was weird. It was like it was taking a really like they were spent like what yeah. were they doing? Like the whole, like where did they go for like four hours? It's and crazy. The timeline in this. Yeah. It's insane. That's actually reminding me of uh, one that we're going to talk about when we get to the hangover like just those pointing out the strangeness yeah. of the passing of time like how does this work what's happening and i love that we pointed out that aaron wrote this one too that the the show just that is they have some of the best cold opens of any series oh ever. they're so good yeah i think i just think um andy sandberg must be really that must be like his sense of humor you know like he gets how to yeah maybe take five you know to take two minutes and you know, do something really wacky or funny <laughs> and just leave it on the perfect joke. Like it's, yeah, the cold opens yeah. in Brooklyn Nine-Nine are legendary. And then, and then I had some stuff Danae mentioned written down, but the main thing, I just, this was one I thought was going to be insanely hard to do. I mean, I was like, cause I knew this was going to be the one we probably chose because it's the most popular episode probably of the series, or it's at least considered like in high regard, but I, the whole thing is just them interrogating him. So I remember when this got on the schedule, I was like, whew, that one's going to be rough, but it actually ended up being really fun. And uh, I think it, I think it turned out really well. So that was nice. Uh, you guys took uh, a lot of the ones that I had. Uh, I definitely mentioned the Connie Buttons thing. Uh, I also wanted to mention the, but a sin on me is still a sin on you. Uh, that one made me, <laughs> made me laugh quite a bit. Let's move on to Curb Your Enthusiasm, The Pants Tent. It's not called a pilot. It's called The Pants Tent. Uh, this That's was true. also a Dicer Walking script, uh, Jonathan and I writing on this. Um, what is your experience with Curb Your Enthusiasm, Jonathan? I think Danae's seen every episode. Uh, so. No, I, um, I've only seen a few episodes. I, and it's all, I think it's all been first season stuff. I, I, don't, I don't really find Larry David very funny. So You're not alone. Th- I don't I don't dislike him or anything like and he's been like he's been on SNL and stuff and I mean, he's had his moments. But I don't know. I never could get into the show. I'm sure it gets like amazing because you've got a lot of talented people behind it. Um, and I do like I love Cheryl Hines. Um, I watched her on Suburgatory for however long that show was on. So, I mean, I love her uh, and I like uh, Jeff Garland and I do not like Richard Lewis. I'm just going to be honest about that. I don't find <laughs> Richard Lewis funny, um, but um, I don't know. It's OK. I don't have much experience with it, though. But this was this was a lot of fun to to play around with. I was just shocked at how bad it looked. Yeah. 
Danae, do you have any? Do you have any experience with this? No. Yeah. <laughs> Does the video make you want I to mean, have any experience looks like with this? It just says Danae. Like it just says Danae. Yeah, this is a Danae show went. down the line, man. God, Some no. old guy bitching about a lot of stuff. I mean, that just that seems right up your alley. Yeah. I do. I do remember seeing like seeing it somewhere in a video. <laughs> You sound like you sound like you're having like an Hold existential on. moment. I, it's weird. It's weird. Oh, 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 I think I remembered it. Um, I think it was in Men in Black. I, I think I send Men in Black, and it was like when the alien at the beginning turns into that model. Uh huh. Do you yeah. remember? Like she goes behind the bush and turns into the model. Yep. And there's a magazine there. Yeah, in, and, a, in a bulimia joke. Uh huh. Yeah, I remember. Yes, the magazine opens up to. Was this like the a, new Men in Black? It no, it wasn't international. Three, I think it was either two or three. Yeah. Oh, it was it w- two. I know what you're talking about. And um, it's the one where like the there's a female lead who's actually like a princess or whatever, and at the end she yeah. gets zapped up to space. It was yes, yeah, Lara Flynn Boyle. Yeah, I remember but, now. But I remember like at the very beginning, there's this magazine that opens up, and there was an advertisement, like maybe like even a double page spread or something for for this show for Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> That's interesting. And I was really confused about what it was and so i was trying to figure it out oh. and so now here we are like actually sending it and i have no idea why anyone watches this show i really don't <laughs> well and this i don't is know it, i don't know why it would be a center page spread i don't know why it would be yeah. Men in black i don't know you know but then again i'm not a seinfeld person either so if there is this you know kind of like vibe to it where everyday life is humor which yeah. is super true like having been on the radio every morning, you have to find something to talk about from your life and find a fun way, find a fun angle on it that turns the mundane into something interesting. Because if we all think our lives are boring because they're normal, then that's kind of depressing. Our life is filled with hilarious little moments. And so I, I can totally understand how if you get the right team together, the right group together, you can turn these little minutia bits of life into something like magical. And maybe mm-hmm. Seinfeld did that really well. I just didn't watch it. But like this one just seems like a Golden Girls of Seinfeld. I don't know. I don't know. I'm oh, not you're, ins- you're insulting Golden Girls. The though, Golden Girls that. of Seinfeld. Gold- Golden Girls is great. Um, am I wrong in thinking, though, that this show has had like insane gaps between seasons? I mean, I know the most recent one, obviously, was because they kind of brought it back. But no, weren't there wrong. other seasons? Oh, yeah. They were done after yeah. four seasons, I think, and then came back three or four years later to do a couple more and then came back another three <laughs> years later to do a couple more. And I mean, let's, let's put it this way. There are 10 seasons of the show, and the first season was in the year 2000. There have been 20 yeah. years of 10 seasons of this show. So, yeah, it's it's kind of gone away and come back a couple times. Um, I saw my first episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm earlier this year, uh, probably um, around May, I think. I watched my first episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, I had watched all 10 seasons within three weeks. Um, wow. So it was one of those, it's very easy to binge because it's a very easy background show and the, the humor doesn't demand your attention in any way. It just demands your awareness uh, occasionally. Uh, and I don't know. This is the weird thing about binging it this year. I don't know that I really liked it, but I watched 10 seasons of it. So I don't know if that just says about there aren't that many options right right now. Stuff <laughs> is out of production or, you know, if but you like to finish things, too, right? I like am a you completist. Start yeah, that is that is probably you mostly know, it. You know what? It's another good show to binge. Golden Girls. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Can you binge Golden Girls? 
anywhere? I don't, think, I don't know. You could probably get the DVDs. <laughs> I think that that would be interesting. Or like I even like Golden Palace. I did not realize how much of a Golden Girls fan I was. Anyways, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Danae, that thing you're talking about, that observational humor, is the show. It, you know, that mm-hmm. it's Larry. In, in his mind, really does find some interesting takes on just normal life and just some normal things. And I think you see a lot of those in Seinfeld. And then you see a lot more of them here. The difference is... Uh, especially at the beginning, this was just, you know, do it yourself. This was DIY television. Like the, it was, you know, they all have the same names as they do in real life. They, you know, the, 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 the video and sound work in this is just atrocious that first season. Uh, eventually they get a lot of that stuff together. And then also like Ted Danson becomes a character as himself, him and Mary uh, Steenburgen as themselves. Um, and then the show, Oh man, now I'm going to have to watch this stupid show. Then, I love Ted. Danson. Yeah. Ted's great. And he's great here too. And then the show gets into Seinfeld stuff. And if you are even the slightest bit of a Seinfeld fan, there is a season of this show where he writes a new episode of, Seinfeld not a special welcome back reunion episode of Seinfeld an actual new episode of Seinfeld and they perform it on the show and it was intoxicating I I I am not like a huge Seinfeld fan I really enjoyed the show I thought it was really funny but there was something so nostalgic about that season where they were doing Seinfeld and Jerry's on there and Julie Louis-Dreyfus and I mean the, the entire cast is is there uh that I man it was that was my favorite part about binging this was that season and just being like oh wow i didn't realize there was more seinfeld content out there that that i had just missed um so yeah i thought i mentioned that as part of the show as well plus yeah i never realized i never realized that was like a whole season i just assumed that was like a guest spot on an episode or something that's interesting yeah they're there for the whole season and uh i shouldn't say the whole season but i think for most of it uh the other thing is you will see actors in this that uh that are like well before they became famous that's a lot of fun too like uh zachary Mm -hmm. levi is in an episode of this and i swear he's like 15 (laughs) like he looks like a baby like it's it's so fun to kind of see these people just pop up in this this show every once in a while and there's several of those moments so i guess i had a great time with it even though structurally i'm not sure i'm a fan of kind of what's going on here so it was a weird experience for me that's for sure because it's kind of like i'm that way with seinfeld too because i remember when seinfeld started doing that whole thing where jerry and george were writing the tv show about nothing and I don't know. It's really weird because it, it's it, it's like like Seinfeld, especially there at the end of the series, I feel like really towed a fine line between being like it got a little too clever, meta for its own good. Yeah. Or yeah, that or like it towed a line of being clever and actually just being lazy and just right. kind of going through the motions. And so it's like, I don't know, this kind of just felt like later seasons of Seinfeld. Yeah, no, this what show, I've seen. I think this show is supremely lazy. And I think that's yeah. kind of the point. I really do think that's what Larry David set yeah, out I to do. I think Larry David is lazy. Kind of. I, well, I mean, I, he's a genius. Like, he's a good writer and stuff. I'm not saying that. But, like, just every time I've seen him, at least his outward persona is that he's just kind of a, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, that kind of let's guy. Switch, let's switch the language then because maybe there's too much uh, negative. Maybe instead of lazy, the show is just efficient. You know, the show yeah, is. Yeah, there you go. Maybe you know, so. It's He found a way to create content that you know, broke down some of the barriers of yeah. the stress of it. And, you know, that's that's fine. More power to him. He's done 10 seasons yeah. of it, and they just announced that, last week that another season is coming. So, yeah, that was that was the wrong word. Larry David is definitely not a lazy person. I didn't I didn't mean it that way. No, listen, uh, I, I totally get it. Like there's there it's it's a uh, perspective of kind of the the workaholic culture, you know, to call things yeah. lazy. But I mean, you know, he found a way to do it. 
So, yeah, I think good on him. Because if he's a lazy person, then what have I done with my life? (laughs) You're right, exactly. Uh, Let's talk about the video itself. Danae, we'll let you go first again, since Jonathan and I wrote on it. Um, Yeah, you can stop um, looking at your phone, Danae. Yeah, guys, I'm just like super (laughs) spaced out. (laughs) Uh, I really only have one written down, but that doesn't reflect that I didn't enjoy the video. But it was just the one that stood out the most to me was the um, I'll be up too late if I drink coffee has now become the get off my lawn of beverage conversation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I just hate when people say that. So I had to say something about it. (laughs) My mother says that all the time. Um, But she says it about tea, not even about coffee, which the caffeine content in in tea is much smaller. So my wife, almost every night, it'll be about eight o'clock and she'll be like, should I have another cup of coffee? Should I? I mean, she's like asking me and I'm like, I, I don't care. Like, I mean, drink it or don't drink it. <laughs> do we, Whoa, are do you we have to have this like, conversation every night? You're processing marital issues in your scripts? That's weird. <laughs> I've never done that. No, then no, you just none made of us have that when, that. You, when you said your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, guys, no, I, I gotta tell I, you, uh, I the last couple nights, uh, we're gonna go way into old guy territory here. Uh, the last couple nights, I have had restless leg syndrome, and it's it's like been hard to get to sleep. Mm-hmm. Like my leg just wants to kick. I'm like, why do you want to kick leg? Like, what's the deal? We're going to sleep now. Why do you want to do this thing? And so I, because I couldn't go to sleep, I googled you know restless leg syndrome, you know solutions, oh, no. that kind of thing. And the article I found basically said, oh, this means you're getting old. Just deal with it. I'm <laughs> 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 like, great, thanks. Appreciate that. You know, it's good. And to that know. can turn into that can turn into constant leg pain. Apparently, I've, oh I've yeah, no, I'm not ready for that. Uh, My brother had has either has or has had in the past restless leg syndrome. Um, it's not fun. Yeah, so. a little RLS. Anyhow, mm-hmm. uh, I'm old. I'm very old. Uh, what about you, Jonathan? What are some of the stuff that uh, that you liked? Uh, well, I mean, I, <laughs> I liked the corduroy boners thing. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorites no but the best thing about that was like i when i wrote it i did the whole like where we you know do two examples of merging the things together and in my mind i was thinking coroners because that would be corduroy plus boners and then aaron when he narrated it he just said coroners and at first (laughs) i was like well that's not what i meant and then i was like i think i like that better though (laughs) it's so weird Like, just the idea to think that, like, coroners is a combination of corduroy and boners. You'll never think of the people who take care of dead people the same again, you know? It's just, they're coroners. Um, We mentioned the look of the show. It just, it's insane. Like, it looks like it was just shot, like, on a, like, a Super 8 camera. And it's insane. And I know it doesn't look like that the whole way through. I know it becomes, like, a legit-looking show. But uh, that was absolutely nuts to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Aaron uh, writing all about that whole weird scene with Richard Lewis and Larry David where they're clearly just trying to improvise and it's not working. And they just that was like the best take, I guess. (laughs) Well, I know. He's like laughing and he's like, I shouldn't be laughing. I'm angry. And it's like, yeah, (laughs) I I know. (laughs) Shocker. Richard Lewis, not a good actor. Um, Cannot play himself. No, Richard. uh, Richard Lewis is. Uh, he's fine. I know he has fans. I don't want to like insult. I just, I've just never personally found his brand sure. of humor funny. Sure. Uh, he is though. I will point out that he is very open about anxiety and depression and things like that, which is which is obviously awesome. a great thing. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, the clothes are not invitations; they're decorations. I meant to ask this at the time and kind of forgot about it. But is that something you've actually heard before, or was that just you? Nope. Rhyming. Nope. That was that was me in the moment coming up with a, a way to say something I felt for a long time. Um, yeah, and- I liked that one. So, I was going to ask you that. Is that like clothes or just calling clothes decorations? I don't know. It sounded a little odd to me, but then I was thinking this is, you know, it, 
it's fun to rhyme or Aaron has heard this before. But uh, you liked that, Danae? That's good. Well, yeah. I mean, there's something very real about uh, women wearing clothing that is revealing, which then immediately gets attention whether you want it or not. I remember one time I had this outfit that I really liked and I was probably like 12 or 13 years old at the time. And I just didn't genuinely did not realize that by wearing it, I was going to be getting specific kinds of attention. And it really fucked me up a bit because like I from that outfit forward have been very concerned about what I wear, because when I wore that, a lot of really uncomfortable things happened that day. Uh, I oh, was wearing like stinks. I was wearing like a, a shirt that showed my stomach and then the shorts were short. So then the entire day was basically men um, and women commenting or coming at me like I got hate from the women. I got um, lustful comments from men and I wasn't even, you know, like fully formed woman yet. And so that kind of stuff is very, very real. And so I would love to live in a world where you can wear whatever you want and people just keep their opinions to themselves, but we don't live in that world. Yeah. I really liked it. Um, I just, I just like these days, I don't like, I don't know. I don't know. I just, the decorations thing, I was like, I think that sounds nice. But then I was like, but is that offensive? But then I was like, I'm not, I'm not, I just think it's a clever way. I'm not going to overthink this. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's just a clever way of saying like what is true. Um, which is clothing is not an invitation for an opinion. In fact, I don't think most anything is an invitation for someone telling you their opinion unless like your friends and, you know, you really feel like you need to be saying something that's not asked for. My husband just told me a story of uh, that was going around on one of his um, forums and it was like somebody was at the grocery store and their little kid just started crying like kids do. And somebody came over to her and said, I really think you need to pick up your baby and hold your baby to make him stop <sighs> crying. <sighs> and that's just one of a thousand examples of how people insert themselves into your life with their opinion about what they think. And maybe they're coming from a good place um, in their own mind. But I just think safely just yeah. don't say anything about somebody's appearance or like how they're going about their life unless you're a really intricate part of their life like i have Mm -hmm. conversations with my husband regularly about how we're going to approach raising iris because we have to sort of have those conversations to be on the same page and so i share my opinion about something that maybe he should tweak and he shares his opinion about something he thinks i should tweak that's a relationship that is just he and i and if i want someone else's opinion i'll ask for it you know what i mean so I'm going to go can I, same for clothes. Same I was going to say, can I, can I say something really quick though? That's really interesting. That kind of relates to that. Sure. I'm sorry. I just, I was, I mean, I'm actually curious if this has ever happened to you, Aaron. I'm also curious if this has ever happened uh, to your husband, but um, I've discovered, and it's come more to my attention recently. I just kind of started thinking back since my daughter's been a baby that like when I'm alone with her or her and her friend and we're like at the pool or something like that, there's this certain group of like moms that like, I swear to God, when they see a, a husband, a, a father that is by himself with the kids. I don't know if this is daughter specific because I don't have a son. They feel the need to like chime in <laughs> or they, they feel the weird need to like maybe they need to help you. Mm-hmm. No, that's you know, a very, that yeah, no, that's a very gender based normal thing. That is, yeah, I've noticed that a lot at the pool because, like, the other, I just a couple weeks ago, my daughter had a friend over. We went to the pool. There was like one other family there, and they were jumping in the pool. And my daughter's friend jumped a little too close to the edge. Nothing happened. 
and I noticed it. I was about to say something to her, and then this other this other mom that was there was like, "Oh, I don't mean to intervene, but ooh, that was really close. You might want to say something to her." And I was like, "Leave me alone! Like what? <laughs> <laughs> like give me a second. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. And then I started I was talking to my wife about it, and then I just started thinking back, and I'm like, "This has happened several times to me, and it's always when I'm alone with my kid." Yeah, um, I, I think it, that's a really interesting observation. I don't think there's a coincidence there. Yeah, I started noticing more and more in the last, five, I don't know, I think since Sif Pop, whenever I was starting to think critically about what we were watching. Um, and maybe Aaron and I had a conversation even about it on our show at some point in time, how media portrays men as parents as idiots, like they don't mm-hmm. know how to do diapers and they need help doing everything, you know, like mm-hmm. they need help. Um, and they, they, and they need someone to comment how good of a job that they're doing. Like Justin has that happen with Iris. He takes her on walks all the time. And he's said that he's gotten comments even at the grocery store, like, Oh, you have your hands full there. Mm-hmm. Um, the comments I get when I'm with Iris is things like, you know, is it hard to, you know, juggle everything you're doing as a mom? I've had that comment before and he doesn't get that one. He gets the other. So it's just people or you'll, people get, kind or of, you'll get the good for you. Yeah, good, be good a for good you, dad. dad. He gets you that. Know? Yeah. And it's like, when, um, because first... I'm taking a walk with my child? Like, yeah. thanks for the pat on the back. <laughs> or if you, you know? ever get the reference of, like, you're taking care of your child and you get the the babysitting thing. And it's right. like, it's yeah. my, oh my kid. God. The first time I left town um, for work, the first time I left Iris, and um, that was a really weird moment for me because I'd been there for her the whole time. And so I was processing, like, being away and not being there for her as a breastfeeding mother, as all this stuff. And nobody asked me how I was feeling. My -hmm. friends and family asked if Justin was going to be okay. And both he and I kind of found that offensive. Like, yeah, yeah, he's a grown ass man. He's going to be fine. And if he needs help, he'll (laughs) let you know. And one of my friends who hadn't called me since Iris was born contacted me. Hey, I know you're leaving town. I'll I'll go ahead and check in with Justin and make sure things are okay. Like the fuck? Like <laughs> just so weird. So insulting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's it's very cultural and it you know, it it comes It's in our entertainment. It, it, well, in that in in our entertainment comes from that cultural place of the patriarchy, right? Like just the establishment yeah. of a culture of patri- patri- patriarchy results in these stereotypical ideals of roles and what is a man's role, what is a woman's role in parenting, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So, it's definitely something to be aware of and I'm 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 glad you brought it up, Jonathan, cuz it's it's certainly a good topic to go into. Um I want to bring us back to the sin itself and kind of go a little bit deeper with that because, Danae, you talked about a very important part of it about uh, invitations for opinions. And that sin is even more specifically talking about invitations to do something to me, to leer at me, to, you know, whatever, like the idea to to sexualize me, to make me an object Mm -hmm. that my clothing, because I chose to wear this is a direct invitation to you to look at me in that way. And that's a direct response to what Larry David, you know, says to her in that moment, which is, yeah, like you wore that dress because you want people to look at your face or, or Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, he, he says in that moment, it's like, you know, shoes, he said shoes. Or yeah, shoes. Yeah, you yeah, because you want people to look at your shoes or or whatever. And it's just this idea that if you dress a certain way, that it is an invitation You're asking for it. Yeah, that you are asking for it. And you want to get dark with that. We can get dark with that. I don't think we have to because I think you know it's an understanding of where that can lead. But um, I just think it's a it's a mental shift that uh, 
I, I will say men specifically because I am one need to make, and we've talked about it before on the show. It is one of my, you know, uh, soapboxes. So excuse me as I've gotten back on my soapbox, but we are all born with a human body. We are all naked under our clothes. Those bodies themselves are not sexual things that the more we show of them means the more we are, you know, uh, invited Inviting. to a sexual moment. Yeah. Um, and I understand the instinct because we've treated them like sexual things. It becomes a, uh, you know, more of a ooh kind of thing. And so that's, I just think the mental shift has to happen somewhere. So when I wrote that sin, I wanted it to be light and funny, but at the same time, try to say something meaningful. And so that's, that's where the, you know, um, not invitations, their decorations uh, comes from. Because at the end of the day, that's cool. what they I are. Clothes it. are just the way we decorate our bodies. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and the bodies themselves aren't even sexual. So uh, I shouldn't say they aren't They aren't only sexual is what I should say. So, um, so yeah. So anyways, good stuff. I appreciated it, especially because I feel like the female body is over-sexualized. Oh, for um, sure. 100% so. for sure. Well and done. this is going to be a weird segue into the other two things I want to talk about. <laughs> go, for go for it. Um, I wanted to talk about the why would you be honest with your partner, son? Because that was really funny because Aaron wrote that one. And I wrote one that was along the lines of like... Why would he have to tell her that? <laughs> like, <laughs> it has nothing to do with my personal beliefs. I'm just saying in that situation, like he was making such a big deal sure. about it. I'm like, I'm like you, and he comes up with this insanely elaborate lie, and it's like, all you, why would you just say you like? I, I don't know. There were so many things you could come up with if you weren't going to be honest, was my thinking. And so I had this whole thing about him lying. And then Aaron, of course, had the, well, just be honest. I'm like, yeah, that's probably the better thing to say. <laughs> no, you know, honestly, Jonathan, I think both sins both sins are sins the narrator would do at one point or another. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it was, that would have been fine either way. It was that's just so funny, funny, though, that one of us was like, be honest, and the other one was like, lie your ass off. But, um, <laughs> And then also when when he said Sophia Loren and Aaron read this perfectly because I wasn't sure if it was going to come across right. But when he said Sophia Loren was once a source, that was immediately that sin is immediately what I thought. I was like, what do you mean she was once a source? Like this was 2000. I mean, 2020, she's a beautiful woman, you know? Yeah. Um, But uh, so I just thought that was funny. Yeah, Um, no, I really like that one, too. I had that one noted as well. Yeah, the only things uh, you haven't mentioned, I love the shout out to the Moons Over Miami. It's one of my favorite sandwiches, uh, one of my favorite restaurant <laughs> sandwiches, uh, because you're absolutely right about that fish frenzy thing. Uh, it seemed like way too silly a title for a fancy yeah. restaurant like that. For real. Um, and then I, I had to mention Chekhov's erection uh, is sure to pop up again mm-hmm. later, uh, just because it's it's a lot of um, fun to mm-hmm. write stuff like that. So yeah. I have that written down too. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, all right, let's move on to music video sins. Let's talk about trolls or not. Uh, I really don't care. If you guys have something to say, <laughs> feel free. But uh, I actually did. I apparently didn't write any notes and I thought I did, but maybe I didn't save it or something. But, I mean, um, I can talk about the video itself. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Like the sins video. But I, I just, I, I almost feel like talking about this song is like giving, is doing the exact thing the song wants you to do. Like it's, you know, it's just like, well, it's this, obviously trying to make you feel awful about I'm gonna the be, youth of America. I'm gonna, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like Danae with this because that guy is just somebody I just I cannot stand him like and say I, there's like there's no way I could ever and watch him and that's the point I can't stand right? him personally so there's no way I can watch him in a video and be like on board it, it just is it just is what it is exactly and that's kind of the point <laughs> so why spend a lot of time there uh, yeah, um, I'll, I'll start off with the stuff from the video. Um, when, when he says she's afraid they're going to run away, I lost it. I, that was really funny. <laughs> uh, and then later he says they're still there. I assure you. And I, I don't know. That running gag really got me. Oh. Uh, I like that one. Uh, only one of those statements is true. Uh, made me mm-hmm. laugh. 
Um, about wanting to be like what punch or right i want to fight i you don't like me and you want to fight me i think were the two things yeah, <laughs> like yeah only yeah. one of those statements is true and you get to decide what that is <laughs> and i kind of i kind of like to imagine that barrett wants to fight him <laughs> <laughs> but likes him he likes him a lot he just wants to fight him that's what you want to yeah. imagine that <laughs> yeah it's, it's a little more difficult to to justify but I, we'll, we'll go there uh viruses love buttholes uh made me laugh uh, for sure right. from what i hear <laughs> from what i hear <laughs> Uh, and then the, uh, you're wearing three shirts and a jacket. Uh, so of course, uh, you're, you're hot or whatever. I thought that was good too. Lots, lots of great stuff in here. What did you guys I, have? I, the only thing I had other than the stuff you mentioned, I remember was the, just him, just the narrator trying to figure out how much coverage the pasties were being used for. Right. Yeah. How much of it was nipple? <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was humorous. I mean, if, but, yeah, uh, I just, if you've I done just any research, say, you know, there are a lot just, of different shapes and sizes. I just want to say, um, it's the areola. Okay, so I know it's one of the things you guys uh, have said you like is when I explain women things. So um, <laughs> the colored part. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm not going to. I know. I know. Uh, God bless Nikki, though, man. She's always uh, you, just, you never know what's going to happen when she's in a video. So it's she's fun. super confident. I love oh, like yes. that's something that I think that's interesting about these personalities that you see in these music videos. And obviously a lot of it's like a persona. Mm -hmm. Even Beyonce has talked about it. She kind of had that Sasha Fierce thing where she's like, you have to kind of like step into an alternate version of yourself where you're just confident enough to put your entire body and talent out there. In what conversation did we just have about? I think Halsey is someone that's also very confident. Uh, She doesn't. And we just had that conversation about the human body and about that, you know, yeah. it doesn't have to be sexualized just because it's showing. So, you know, I think there's mm-hmm. there's there's room to be consistent in viewing this video and thinking of it in a certain way. So, yeah. Which is one of the reasons I love some of the sins, because it, it really just takes it out of you being in this moment where, like, maybe it's hard for you not to feel sexual uh, vibes off of a mostly naked woman in a pool who's twerking. Um, and I understand that might be difficult for you, but uh, then you read these sins or you hear the sins and you're like pulled out of it and you're having a good <laughs> yeah. time. Like mm-hmm. the the one that's like, sure, it may look sexy now, but think about how this room smells after hours of shooting. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Um, yeah, Barrett clearly had uh, clearly had fun with this. The, uh, the social distancing thing was interesting too because the, those were obviously funny jokes, but then I was thinking this was probably shot a while ago, but then he's wearing a mask. At well, one they, point. but that's kind of a thing, though. Yeah. Masks, well, that's true. So maybe it has nothing to do with Corona, but it was just interesting. You know, I'm yeah. like, when was this shot? Yeah, that is. A, that's an interesting question to ask. And how many forms had to be signed if it was during the Rona? Um, the only other thing that I have was that this is you guys got to see the very first time that uh, Behind the Sins has our very own commercial promo on a oh, channel. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, and uh, the. Our voices as a trio are like now officially out there into the world. And so it's kind of an exciting, I don't know, it's just kind of an exciting thing. And our animated people, our animated looks. Our first time, my first time specifically to be introduced as a voice on the channel was at the Trolls video. So that's great. (laughs) Wonderful. It's perfect. I'd also like to take this opportunity to once again apologize to anybody who sees that cartoon of me and then sees me in real life and realizes (laughs) how much I do not look that cut. Uh, So. So, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I I always just look like the same, like, little pudgy dude. Like, I never, like, I don't get the enhanced muscles or anything. <laughs> yeah, which Aaron, is fine. You got, you got, you got swole. Yeah, now, I got some pets. But, 
By the way, I tweeted this out. Did you see that tweet going around with um, – I retweeted it, made a joke, but with um, – I can't even think of her name from the Star Wars, The Force Awakens and stuff. But she had that she had that sign and it said, someone masturbates to you or, or oh, you're yeah, someone yeah, that someone yeah. masturbates yeah. to, which I thought was really int- – I thought was really funny. And, uh, and then I retweeted out something like, I'm going to disappoint more people than my wife. Great. Or something like that. Like I was just being the, silly. I think the but, quote was, if you have any level yeah. of uh, visibility or popularity or something, Something at yes. all someone has masturbated to you yes that was what it was and that's just such a such a wonderful thing to think about um <laughs> so let's take a second let's all uh <laughs> let's just move on uh, well like i'm just like if you've done that to me i'm sorry like i just i don't know what else to say thank hey, you hey don't I, be sorry weird. <laughs> hey i'm not making an email about this one <laughs> <laughs> no i don't want to know I really, I mean, for so many reasons, I just, I don't want to know, but uh, I don't know. I thought it was a very fascinating tweet because it's probably very true. So let's move on, shall we, to CinemaSins. Uh, we'll start with The Call of the Wild. Uh, this was a Scott Share script, Jeremy and Barrett writing on this. Um, I thought this movie was just uh, okay. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Um, what about you, Jonathan? Did you get a chance to see it? I know um, we uh, Chris didn't want to, and I didn't really care to, so we didn't do a mini. I think there was other stuff coming out that week too, so we didn't do a mini pod. My and, daughter didn't really have any interest, so uh, I was like, I'm good. Danae, I know I specifically told you not to watch this movie uh, because of the animal yeah. abuse in it. Um, yeah. And if and I had I... realized there was going to be some in the video, I would have warned you. And I'm sorry. Like, I didn't watch it till today. And so I didn't know. I didn't get a warning that a... there was a shark in the Trolls video. It's and not I didn't a get real... a warning that there's animal abuse. So it's not what a is real this dog, week? though. I will say, right? That's, it's well, it's, it's that's all kind of CG. beside the point. It's not a real it shark either. But <laughs> I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to watch. I wouldn't want to watch the animal abuse either. I'm just saying. It, the only thing I could think of that situation was, well, yeah. it's CG. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, it didn't look interesting to me at all. And um, I read the book when I was a kid. <laughs> I mean, I don't all, remember the book at all. I don't remember much about it, but I did read it because it's Jack London, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is and, one of the um, sins I liked was like pointing out that he wrote the same book twice. <laughs> yeah, there was somebody that was in the comments great. who was somebody in the comments was like, "Well, actually, the one is about a wolf becoming domesticated, <laughs> and the other is about a dog becoming undomesticated." Well, hey, look, <laughs> the like, Jack Londoners. Yes, okay, so he wrote the reverse book, uh, but it's the <laughs> same thing. But I just, I had no interest in seeing it, and I didn't. It wasn't one I felt like I had to watch before I watched the video. So, I, yeah. you can you can take a drink on me this week, I guess. But uh, and Harrison Ford, like. Um, I don't know. I don't get really excited about Harrison Ford movies anymore either because he hasn't done much, you know, that that's he's, really you he's know, pretty good in this the dial. There's yeah, something he like he was fine. There's something about his performance in this that I was like, oh, OK, this should be kind of the new the new part of his career, like kind of the embracing oh of my the God. grumpy old man. You Did know, you kind read of thing. what Barrett had to say? No, about writing I didn't. This one? I didn't. OK, I, it's that's the exact funny. opposite. I'm sure Barrett and I are often the exact opposite opinions on things. Uh, so yeah, I, I actually thought but, this, this is kind of a place where he works really well because that Indiana Jones part of his career mm-hmm. on solo, I think, I think that's behind him. Like that's not something he should oh, try no, to most definitely, you know, most definitely. So, I mean, it would be kind of interesting to see him like in a Tarantino film or, or somebody like that. I mean, that, but that 
even so, kind he, of it an... would still be a, it would still be this kind of version of oh, him be if curmudgeon. it's going to work. Yeah. I, I just, I really thought he felt very comfortable in his, in his. Well, it feels like skin. he kind of is a curmudgeon, though, right? Because he's always been like acting's a job, and you know, he yeah. doesn't want to do interviews, and right. Yeah. Um, so I think that I think that works well for him in this stage of his life. But I'm also like Danae. I mean, and the other thing is anything about dogs. I just assume there's going to be death or something. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take a lot for me to to watch it. And there was nothing about this that, no, that interested no. and me. And I wouldn't so. I wouldn't recommend it. I it's it's just if meh. I if I'm understanding correctly, it is. It's about a dog that starts off as a good domesticated dog and then is stolen and sold and abused and sold and abused and then basically. F- eventually finds his way to an old man who, who narrates from beyond the <laughs> grave and then dies after an attack but the animals sort of saved him a little bit before he died yeah, and he then he goes off to like yeah and then he goes off to like you know become a wolf a wolf pack leader. Yeah, he fell in love with the wolf gal you know, okay. that alcoholism thing might have been stupid in the movie itself, but I will say that shot in the video of the dog holding the bottle and looking back at him before he he goes out was one of the cutest things I've ever seen. <laughs> hey, I will say this. I, I kind of disagree with the like the bad CG. When I watched this, I thought, wow, that's really impressive work. It's obviously CG a couple times because of the personality mm-hmm. of the animal. The personality of the animal is amped up quite a bit, uh, so th- those parts feel a little mm-hmm. off, but I, I thought they did pretty good work with it i didn't know in the when i saw the trailers i didn't know it was a cg dog until there was i think there was one shot where he was like eating snow or something and i was like oh that's not a real dog yeah the one but shot i, did, the I one didn't know shot for a minute when he's eating know. snow with a fork and spoon yeah that was the that was the one that kind of <laughs> gave it away from for me too <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what it was so here's what barrett and jeremy had to say I'll start with Barrett. Barrett says, Call of the Wild was better than I thought it would be. I typically don't like animal movies because one or more of them always dies, but I guess the CGI actually mitigated that. I know some people are saying the CG wasn't all that distracting, but it was for me. Harrison Ford looked like he actually gave a shit for about 30% of the movie, which is 29.5 more than he has been giving his work for the last 10 years or so. Ooh, a little burn from Barrett. <laughs> and then uh, Jeremy says, This is an Evan Steven movie. This is what happens when you counter every good decision with a bad one. Even Harrison... Stevens, right? Yeah, I think you said even Steven. Oh, what he did might I say? have written it, Evan? Evan, though. Yeah. Did I say Evan Steven? Yeah, you did. <laughs> I, I need that to be a real person now. <laughs> <laughs> he can hang out with Connie Buttons. No, you're you're super right. He said it's an even Steven movie. I genuinely thought that was like the director or something. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, this is what happens when you counter every good decision with a bad one. Hire Harrison Ford. Great. CGI dog. Fuck. Hire the dude from Untouchables. Great. Dump him after three scenes. Fuck. <laughs> it's not even that the movie is bad. It's just aggressively and I believe intentionally average. Oh, and, and then this is all caps. The dog cures his alcoholism by getting mad when he drinks and then burying the alcohol and sitting on it. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, this is one of the stupidest things I've seen since Mel Gibson's militia solved racism during the Revolutionary War in The Patriot. And yeah, Ford isn't trying. I can't remember the last time that he did. Maybe 41. Uh, and these people have not seen Expendables 3. Yeah, um, apparently. So I'm really, really disappointed. Evan Stevens uh, was uh, is an actor, uh, and he had one role as George from the 1972 hit "When the Legends Die." Uh, oh, I so remember that was, one he was so George clearly. In that one. So that's who you were thinking of. Well, I don't even know surprise, surprise! Y'all can't drink. I've seen that one. I watch it every Thursday. 
There's also an Evan Stevens, uh, who is an actor who's been in five movies uh, recently. Oh. Uh, 2014's A Brief History of the Holidays. Uh, 2015's mm-hmm. The Pocket Five. Uh, mm-hmm. 2015- Are these Hallmark movies? 2015 Daredevil Deleted Scene. <laughs> I mean, guys, 2015 was a really good year for this guy. 2015 Green Lantern Corps. Uh, he played Hal Jordan in uh, that must in have been that an short. animated thing. Uh, okay. And then 2017 in the short called Nearsighted, uh, he played Happy Guy. Uh, so there, that's Evan. And the more recent Evan weird. Stevens. So it's so unfortunate he wasn't in Call of the Wild. Like even <laughs> if he was just like an extra, like right. that would have been so oh, amazing. So good. Let's move into the video. Uh, Danae, why don't you kick us off? Okay. Um, I I just I want to reiterate that this looks like the most depressing movie ever. So I was really. It's not, but it's it, it is depressing like it. at times. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. Have you seen this? Have you seen The Mist? shut up talk about talk about depressing movies jeez Um, louise mother mary (laughs) pete the the dragon dragon. which has been requested now multiple times to be merchandise Uh and i just i want to say we're working on it i'm i i have a couple of ideas so um anyway i loved the sin this dog as albus dumbledore um also that the mighty ducks of slog uh, dog mm-hmm. sled teams yep. slog dead teams wow i've had too much coffee today. Eh, it's all right it's your fart pun of the episode and then yeah and then the rufio dog it was like they were you know the the script is constantly comparing like what the dog is to other things albus dumbledore the mighty ducks rufio and i was really just enjoying that run on you know kind of series mm-hmm. um and then the highlight for me was jeremy's scooby-doo impression i really enjoyed that Yes, that was that was great. Oh, it was amazing. Refrigerator Raggy. It was the best. Yeah. It was the best. Uh I loved groceries. Um <laughs> shouldn't the buck stop there when they say buck stop? I thought that was that was a great little call. Um a little too Alaska when he was using the ice pick as a pointer. It's like, isn't that just a little too Alaska? I like that. Uh, this movie is Warhorse for Dogs, that running joke. Uh, the dog is helping him center the antlers, as dogs do. As dogs do. <laughs> as dogs do. Uh, made me laugh as well. Lots of good stuff. What about you, Jonathan? Um, you guys mentioned some of this stuff. Uh, I love the, did you not warn Buck? He speaks English, you know. <laughs> yep. um, is that Bradley Whitford? Get out. <laughs> so it was funny the way uh, Jeremy read that. Yep. And um, once Alaska thawed, it's thawed as fuck. I thought was... Uh, <laughs> Uh huh. I thought it was very funny. No, it was it was a really it was a really funny video, especially because a lot of the times when I haven't seen the movie, I I have a harder time knowing what's going on. But uh, this was a great video. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the Hangover. Uh, this is an Atkinson share uh, script. So Chris and Barrett writing on this one. Let's hear from them first in ba- okay. in in Barrett's hatred of the Hangover. Uh, oh. I'm very excited. Yeah, he literally starts off by saying, "I hate the Hangover so much." Flames. Flames on the side of my face. Oh, I love it. Um, He said, seriously, it came out in 2009 and it's aged so poorly that it's absurd. Objectifying women is nothing new for Todd Phillips or comedy in general, but this is just a different level. Bradley Cooper's character is an asshole until he isn't. Heather Graham has a literal heart of gold and Justin Bartha's fiance really doesn't give a shit that he's hours late for his own wedding without explanation. Also, it's impossible for them to do all that shit they claim to do in one night, which is... 100% 100% true. That's always true though, right? Any of these movies where it's, and my wife gets mad about that all the time. Whenever it's a movie where it like takes place in one night, she's like, I'm not watching that because it's <laughs> bullshit. 
That's such a funny like barrier to entry, you know. It's like, almost it's almost the opposite yeah. of the issue with uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, the box, right? That shouldn't have yeah. taken place over a whole day. That should have no. been two hours. <laughs> I'm, like, not, my... I'm not. I'm not kidding. Anytime we see like a trailer for a movie at the theater where it's like it's like all this crazy shenanigans in one night, you know, it's like one like, night no. to do them. All. She's like, I'm out. I'm not watching this fucking movie. Oh my god, I love that so much. Oh. Uh, Chris had a little bit more to say. He said the hangover is still funny. It's just that the stuff that passed for humor back in 2009 is no longer passable. And oh, isn't that so true? YouTube drama right now. Super <laughs> true. Um, so it loses roughly a third of its luster. Although even back then, I remember some reviews pointing out the sexism, racism and other various isms. But the stuff I found funny then, like Bradley Cooper's Fuck This Tiger and his character's brazen flipping off of casino security cameras and Zach Galifianakis's performance, save for a couple of outdated things, is still funny. Say his I name again, Danae. Say his name again. Um, Z- Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> it's like Snuffleupagus, right? Yes, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly correct. I don't know what it's Zach. Is it Zach Galifianakis? Is that a yeah? Yeah. Is it just there's yeah? I think you just added an extra like naff in there. Galifianakis. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't Galifianakis. disagree with Barrett that it doesn't hold up well, and I do not like this movie. For I've never liked it. I didn't like it when it came out. But I do think though, even in 2009, it was supposed to be like. It was supposed to be really brazen and like over the top with its like, you know, because I mean, that's just Todd Phillips, right? Oh, yeah. It was supposed to be transgressive. Did Chris have I another mean, sentence? I, I think I cut cut you off before you got oh, Chris's last sentence. Oh, out. no, that's super oh, okay. okay. I really wanted to go back and try to pronounce that guy's name. All right. I found <laughs> Ed Helms grading in this for some reason, and I generally like him. The sitting aspect of The Hangover is actually easy. As Barrett mentioned, there's no way they did all the stuff in one night. And even the picture montage at the end leaves gaps. The other things that bothered me, oh, sorry, the other thing that bothered me was how Ken Young's, is it Young? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Young? Jiang? Guys, this is terrible. I'm so sorry. It's, uh, um, it's, it's, uh, it's, that it's guy's Yong, gang. right? Yeah, it's <laughs> I don't know. Jung. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ken Jung's uh, gang kept finding the crew with no problem over and over, but apparently they couldn't find them anytime before during all the drunken mayhem. My favorite thing to pick on for some reason is how Stu's buddies bring up his girlfriends played by Rachel Harris and is given less than thankless role. Um, infidelity brought about twice in six minutes of the movie. And the second time seems to have zero awareness that it was brought up before the second time it's brought up is such a weird scene. Also, it's so unbelievable that Stu, who has to correct his buddies about who on the cruise she slept with, was it a waiter, a sea captain, screws it up at the end when he's finally telling her off. And those was, are the thoughts of Chris and Barrett. I agree with Chris about Rachel Harris, though. I was really glad they had that scent. I love Rachel Harris, and she's been underused her entire career. I mean, even uh, she, there's a great episode of CSI that, oddly enough, Chuck Lorre produced. Uh, that she's in and if you if you ever want to know how good she can be i highly recommend checking that episode out yeah but anyways i guess i didn't give my thoughts on the movie um uh, they're pretty similar to what everybody else has said i i don't like it but i do get the like that some of that stuff is funny mm-hmm. I, I thought it was really it was really interesting there's a line in the video that says something about the funniest movie i ever hated uh yes and i like that a lot <laughs> I, I think it's just such a perfect description of some movies that are like this one where it's like yeah this movie's pretty awful and also i laughed a lot and you know uh and we 
took like four or five sins off for this horrible movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's one of those things where it's just it's a tale of two uh, tale of and, two movies. And I, even though it's only been eleven years, I don't know that people, especially younger people, I don't know if they know how big of a hit this movie was. I mean, it was insane. Oh, it was huge. Like, yeah. it's, it's among the highest grossing R rated movies of all time. Yeah, I actually yeah. saw this one. Uh, shocker! But oh wow. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I wasn't expecting and that. I know, I know. And I just remember like thinking at the time that it was the most ridiculous continuing to like one up itself movie that I had ever seen, mm-hmm. which is, I think, part of what was so drawing about the movie is because you really didn't see it going there. Like the moment whenever it sort of span uh, camera kind of pans across the room and it's got all this just insane paraphernalia and there's like a missing tooth and a baby and a tiger mm-hmm. and those are all things that are just so absolutely over the top. And of course it doesn't make any sense when you start to question it, but as you're watching it for the first time, you're just like, almost like your brain is in sort of the shock of it. And then you've got these different, you know, really great actors doing their thing and bringing something to the table that was also unique. Cause you kind of have this boy. It, it was like a different take on a bachelor party. I think Maybe even like the dude bro movies that you see mm-hmm. before, just like dude bros hanging out at a party and like dude bros being like this and that and blah, blah, blah. And it just this sort of broke into a different mm-hmm. comedy category for a lot of people. And it was for me. That's kind of like just it was just like a standout thing. Like, what the hell am I watching? But also what? And then you're just you're, you're it's a mystery at the same time because you want to know what happened. Mm-hmm. And so as you're if you're just watching it once, then by the end, you're just like, OK, they figured it out. But then if you're watching watching it to figure out what's wrong with it it's terrible <laughs> i will i will it's say terrible. the one thing that shocked me is because i i saw it when it came out i've never seen it again i've never seen the sequels that was the first yeah. time i ever saw ken jong so i completely yeah, forgot too. i completely forgot about like his inflection and his accent in the movie so watching the video and when he started speaking i was like oh that's bad <laughs> yeah. I mean, he agreed to do it, mind you, sure. but I'm just like, whole, like, really? Like that? I mean, ugh, I don't know why that seemed to bother me more than just about well, anything. He, it's not, it's not like he doesn't still do, he did that in uh, Crazy Rich Asians. He did, uh, uh, did he? Yeah. It wasn't quite this extreme, but yeah. No, his, you might be right. You actually might. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, we did that one, right? Um, yeah. and, right. and I don't think it, when you talk about problematic, I don't think it's quote unquote problematic uh when you're doing dialects of your own race yeah, yeah, the, yeah. you know the, the problem comes is when you're using for entertainment somebody else's you know culture and dialect and that I, kind yeah of thing. i felt like that was it and I'm, i don't even know if it's problematic i that was just the one thing out of all like the homophobic slurs weird. and the That's way women sure. are treated that was the one thing where i was just like whoa that was that didn't sound right. And probably a lot of it's because I've just seen him so many times since then. Right. It almost doing feels, that. It almost feels <laughs> problem. It almost feels problematic because, you know, he doesn't speak like that yeah. now. Yeah. Um, that there there is a weird thing that your brain does like, oh, he should that's that he, he shouldn't be doing that. But yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's certainly different. Uh, I did look it up uh, when The Hangover came out. It was the sixth highest grossing R rated movie of all time. Oh, wow. Um, it it's is crazy. It is currently the 19th. Um, Hangover Part 2 uh, is the eighth, currently the eighth, and was the third highest grossing R-rated movie when it came out. So the sequel Oh, I guess made, I didn't realize that one did better. Yeah, Hangover Part 2 has wow. made $586 million. Oh, my God. Um, have you so seen the sequels? I have since seen the sequels. Re- I think I yeah. have. Since you reviewing them? Yeah. I think I remember watching it. I don't know that I could tell you what happens, but I think... Because I watched the first one, I think I watched the second. Yeah. Well, I so. just remember the second one, isn't it? They just, they just, they do the same thing in a different country. 
Maybe. And then the only thing I remember about the third one was in the trailer, a giraffe gets beheaded. Yeah, I didn't see that one. I missed that one. I was like, I'm not watching this. I think after watching the second, I was like, yeah, I think I can leave this one behind now. The yeah, sequels, were they, do you remember them, Aaron? Were they any good? No, uh, they aren't. Um, and they aren't as funny either. Um, so basically the sequel is two years after the Las Vegas mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, Ed Helms is getting married, and so they're in Thailand. To uh, Heather Graham? That. Um, so I, I don't think so. Um, well, that's who he, that's who he like hooked up with in, in this one, so I didn't right, know if it was right. her. It has a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 44% Metacritic, was not widely loved. Um, let's talk about the video, shall we? Uh, who wants, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay, Danae, what you got? Well, I we, we, we like to talk about our own struggles with our own relationships on this show. And uh, right out of the gate, the sin about who schedules the bachelor party for the night before the wedding. Man, my husband did that. Um, (laughs) And it is still a sore spot in our marriage to this day. (laughs) He's let it go. Let's talk about marital pain. I didn't really. Well, we were in Jamaica, though. So we I mean, I hung out the night before, but we were all in. We were all at the same resort and everything. And my God, no, I never had a bachelor party. Guys, guys, we uh, we drank root beer. And watched Hitchcock oh, movies for my oh, bachelor my party. So, <sighs> oh, did you do it the night before though? Because that's still bad. <laughs> I think it was actually two days before. So, 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 the more to this story though. So, did he? Um, did he get to the wedding on time? He was still drunk during the wedding. He was actually hungover. I don't think he was still drunk. He, if he listens to this, he'll be like, "I wasn't drunk," and I'll say, I "Ha ha." I can yeah, say our that because you're not going to stop me. No, um, his um, his his best man to this day. I don't like him because of what uh, happened that night. Uh, yeah, it's awful. Don't do this. Don't don't be that person that takes some somebody out and gets them trashed the night before the wedding. Just don't do it. It's not cool. Yeah, I mean, and, my um, best man if was you my do stepfather. It, I'll, just let me know, and I'll. I'll just come at him, you know. I'll I'll channel <laughs> all of this rage that I have in my in me that I that I quell. Um it if ever it comes up, it's almost like, oh no, here it comes again. So it's such a weird thing to see it in like a sins video because it struck such it's like it strikes such a nerve with me. Mm-hmm. I genuinely am furious on the inside right now, just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I actually I had my stepfather be my best man. And that was because I, I wanted him to because I probably would have had my dad, but my dad had passed away. So I had my stepfather. But I was just thinking like if we were in Jamaica, if I'd had Barrett as my best man, we would have been like in Cuba or something. Like <laughs> I would have like woken up in Cuba. But uh, uh, he was but, but Barrett was in my wedding. But uh yeah. Everybody has their own, you know, stories. Uh, <laughs> yeah. mine is certainly bitter and that sin like hit me right on that spot. So you that know, was just kind of I know thing. I'm with you though. If he's like cuz I mean that's your day, that's the wedding. You shouldn't be like hung over and oh, oh that's God. not that's not cool. Like I I'm thought I thought maybe he was just really nervous, but it turns mm-hmm. out he was really sick and he was green because he was really really messed up from the night before um and he doesn't drink normally so and the guys knew that, that and they just pushed him to the you know i mean he he was kind of going along with it but like oh my god i was so angry especially because i had a promise from all of them that that wasn't going to happen uh, they were like so, bro bro you gotta never, drink bro i have never connected to the idea of oh last chance to to be crazy and be stupid you know like I know. Or, or even first chance to like the whole turn 21 thing. So you got to get drunk or, you know, whatever. I like, I just, I mean, obviously I come from a very strict upbringing. So, but I, I bought into all that too. So it's like, you know, I, I, I 
just didn't see the the need to do that kind of stuff. So, Dude, I, I can like, tell you though, strip clubs are fascinating places. I'm not even I'm not being pervy or anything. Like they're I've only I know only I haven't been to very many, but the when I was younger, uh, yeah, they're fascinating. Um, especially well, I, if you I like agree. have, have having, conversations one, with agree. the strippers. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. it's such a weird environment. Like it's it just really the, is. Especially so like the one that the I've been to two and I was attempted to be recruited in both, which really that's not a conversation I expected to have. (laughs) All the guys were going and I'm like, Danae, you want to come along? I'm like, sure, I'll go along. And then I went along and and then they're like, you know, oh, you know, do you need a job? I'm like, nope, I'm super okay. And then I'm I'm totally with you. This happens to me walking in the mall. You know, people be like, hey, do you want to come strip for us? I'm like, look, you know, I'm just out. I'm just out for, you know, a trip to the mall. Please. But Where there's are you just going like, the mall? It's just like you just go what in mall? there. It's just like it's it's like it's like music from like 1985, and like there's just glitter everywhere. I mean, it's like in the air. Um, <laughs> breathing glitter. It's like it's actually it's actually this is this is a weird comparison, but like I found out having a daughter that like little girls bleed glitter. Like I swear to God they do because there's just glitter fucking everywhere for like the first six years <laughs> of your daughter's life. Uh, but anyways. Yeah, fascinating places. That's all I'll say. Yeah, it was for me the strip club that I went to. The second, the second, they, they had this the main stage, and then they had like these little miniature stages you could like yeah. I guess walk around. And I, I, uh, w- one of the guys I was hanging out with, I was like, well, I guess I'll go over there. And so I went over, <laughs> and I'm like watching this girl dance, and I, and and he was talking with her, and so I kind of joined the conversation while she's dancing. So, and in my brain, I'm like, what is going, this is the strangest thing I think I've done. Yeah. That's, that's, it's just, it's a weird thing. Anyway, she's talking about how she's trying to get like enough money to get a bus ticket back home. And Good I'm like, night. girl, take, take all my money. Get your butt home. Your mama needs you. <laughs> oh, like, get off of the stage. to you. And, right. And so I was starting. And so I was Hopefully like, oh my wasn't. God, I'm going to help her. Like, I have a car. I fucking don't, I don't work tomorrow. I'm off. I will drive you to Oklahoma and get you back to your mama. Like, go into this like protective mode and my buddy was like hey danae like first of all like you're kind of killing the mood and then also (laughs) (laughs) she's lying to you and she doesn't need to go home anywhere she just wants money and i was like yeah oh you know what i think i'm done i think i'm gonna go ahead and leave (laughs) this is a really confusing experience for me (laughs) so uh anyway back to them uh the what we're actually sinning um i like the, though you're kind of killing the mood i hope you really said that because that's hilarious <laughs> or maybe it's just the depressive atmosphere it that's was killing so the depressing mood. Yeah, it was no, really yeah, it is, really sad it is, it is no offense to people that enjoy doing that but it is, yeah. it is a very depressing atmosphere yeah i i I don't want to go back in there, but I do actually, there's a, um, an organization that's local here. And, um, a lot of the women that dance, obviously they're dancing for, you know, their own reasons and perhaps it's self-empowerment. Perhaps they love to do it. Perhaps they're in a situation where they can't kind of get out of a cycle. And there's actually a a company an organization that, um, they go in and Mm -hmm. they have no agenda. It's just to go in and have conversations and create friendships with these women so that if they are trying to break a cycle or get out, that they have a resource of somebody outside of that circle of, you know, men and women all trying to kind of use each other for whatever reasons, or I'm not trying to make assumptions, but I'm just saying if that's the situation. Mm -hmm. And so they go in, they give them gifts, um, like, like earrings or like, 
fucking brownies and shit, just trying to be good people to them, give them rides to the grocery store if needed, and just be a listening ear. And I've actually like worked with that organization a couple of times. I think they're really good, you know, a really good organization that doesn't judge anything. They're just making sure that the people there have an outlet, especially since sex trafficking can really be like something that kind of couples alongside of those joints sometimes. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's very um, uh, I think it's I think the powerful thing about that is the non-judgment and also the non-assumption. You know, the idea that you don't go in there assuming anything about why somebody is doing what they're doing. Um, And that way you can be very much aware aware of when somebody is in a bad situation is an abusive situation does feel trapped you know those in those are real things but you know what else are real things are people who are empowered by it and Mm -hmm. so yeah this has been an interesting conversation that's always an interesting episode of bts let's talk about the hangover video some more shall we Uh, I really liked, and I kind of referenced it earlier, but the brilliance of just breaking down the timeline, but specifically going like the, the like there's 15 minutes basically when when you start to mm-hmm. kind of break down when they have all this time to how, how did the tiger even get inside? Did it go through the lobby? Like how did this person survive in the trunk? Did, did they take off all their clothes? Like and then all of these questions are happening in this you know time frame. So uh, yeah, I really and they were they that. were kidding about that Vegas heat, man. That that's the freaking desert, dude. That's awful mm-hmm. out there. There's no way he survived that trunk my favorite uh sin though was when um he says forgive me in the sense like she does she fucking does <laughs> just love that so much yeah just like the delivery of this like this happened like that happens um and the the other thing i wanted to point out is we have another new promo on this one for all of our other channels and i'm really proud of those new promos that was it <laughs> to be fair though justin bartha doesn't really do anything like he kind of becomes the casualty because that's who that's who we're talking about forgiving, right? The hus- the new husband, the yeah. guy who's getting married, the Justin yes. Martha character. You you yeah. are you are tiptoeing close to the to the fury of Danae here. Uh, no, 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 no. You, I mean, unless you're saying, <laughs> but I'm saying he didn't do anything specifically in Vegas. He got basically he had his bachelor party the night before. That's, oh, that's all right. he had to it, do. It, no, that's it was, all it was he had two, to do. It was two nights before. <laughs> They were supposed yeah. to come back the day before, but then they yeah. couldn't find him because they're assholes and they put him on a spoiler alert for the hangover. They put him <laughs> on the roof. Um, I do want to say, like, if we're comparing, I guess I have forgiven um, in some ways. But man, that's one that like I cannot well, let it go in a way. And you wouldn't forgive that quickly because she doesn't even know what happened. And he's like, you know, you there's no way. I will say it was good that I didn't know until after the wedding what had happened. <laughs> yeah, might not have gotten married. Yeah, no, like I seriously would have. No, I wouldn't have done anything. I would have been like, "Dude, are you kidding me?" It would have given me more context. I thought he was just really fucking nervous. Me, but you, but that's like something you can hold over him forever. I mean, that's a card. I try to do really, really good to not bring it up very often because it is one that I genuinely will have a hard time with forever. Like nicely done. Yeah, nicely. I'm done. just trying to give you some positives. It's nice to have Thank a you. card to play, Jonathan. Sometimes uh, when you've done something poorly, <laughs> right? I don't. I don't. I don't play marriage <laughs> like that. I don't pull that out. Oh, me either. Go ahead. What? <laughs> Jonathan, what did you think about this video? Um, You guys mentioned some of the stuff. I will say I loved In the Air Tonight is not that loud rocking or a song. I thought that was a great, <laughs> yeah, just the way song, Jeremy yeah. delivered that. Uh, not wanting to be married to Heather Graham anymore. Uh, who's She is, and also Heather Graham is like one of my longtime movie crushes. So I thought that was very fitting because, mm-hmm. I mean, ever since I'm Life Used to Drive. I'm with Mercedes you. Mercedes Lane. I am with um, you. 
And uh, I mentioned the Rachel Harris thing, which I love. Oh, mistakenly trying to roll credits when they said road trip. I thought that was great. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of missed that. I've never seen road trip. I kind of missed that because of the, the new system. Like, cause they don't, yeah. they don't say road trip. You, they show it's the road trip. I had to go title. back and watch it. Yeah. 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 I had to go back. Yeah. Um, I have uh, a few that haven't been mentioned. I love the observation of the standing champagne bottles in the pyramid of cans. The idea that this yeah. room was a disaster, but for some reason there was a beautiful pyramid of cans that hadn't been knocked over. And also they set up bowling pin champagne bottles and those somehow stayed put. Like I thought that was really smart. Um, laugh you puppets balls, uh, really made me laugh. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh, funniest movie I ever hated. I mentioned the specificity of the hotel room. Uh, number not being on the the key card where he says two bowls of skyline chili uh really <laughs> just anytime there's some specific reference like that i just think it adds to the humor so well um the uh sending it anyway because i was raised right uh made me laugh <laughs> very much uh and that was i think the um when they slowed down the stunt doubles and showed, you know, how clearly it wasn't uh, Bradley Cooper uh, in that scene. Um, yes. I will say the Dan Band, who hires the Dan Band for their wedding? Many people may not know who this is, but uh, mm-hmm. poker player, maybe the most famous poker player, one of them of all time, Daniel Negreanu, uh, hired the Dan Band for his wedding last year. So, um, Oh, that's funny. So I did want to uh, put that piece of trivia in there. And then we have another beautiful random example of the same thing getting used in two different videos. We've got Mike Tyson's punch out references uh, in the outtakes here, as well as in the Brooklyn Nine Nine uh, video too. So, so weird. There were some really funny outtakes in this one. Uh, yeah, yeah, good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, overall, I think it's a really funny video. Had a good time. Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, those are my. Those are my. Uh, every time I try to talk, wow, is this how Aaron feels when we're, okay, we're going to try this, okay, I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS, so. Go fill it out. Uh, Let's move on to keeping tabs. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. We're each going to tell a story from putting together the content from the week. Maybe a Google search, some strange research, uh, a deleted sin, whatever the case may be. Um, Jonathan, I'll start. Oh, today. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I actually didn't write on anything, but I did look up, do men have breasts during this episode? So oh, nice. I thought it counted. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, that and that's it. And we've decided they do, or maybe they don't. Um, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah, so my, my keeping tabs was uh, how long did Phineas and Ferb run and uh, for how many? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's right. That was the, I looked that up during this episode. Um, no, I didn't have a ton of stuff. I didn't really have anything big, but I did do a bit of a dive into homicide because the show Homicide Life on the Street, because initially I was watching the Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode and I didn't remember this about it. And I was sitting there thinking like, well, you know, with Andre Brower in there doing the interrogation and stuff, I can probably get some homicide outtakes. 
Then I go look into it, and then I'm reminded that one of the first season episodes, probably, I don't know if it's the most popular episode of Homicide, if there is a most popular episode of Homicide. Nobody really talks about that show anymore, which is unfortunate. But there's a show called Three Men and Adina, and that it's it's basically the same premise as, um, as this episode of The Box, uh, this episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And so then I decided to do that sin where it was two men in Adina. I also thought it was funny. I noticed somebody on YouTube actually wrote a whole long diatribe about how, if you didn't know, this is referencing blah, blah, blah. And I wanted to be like, yeah, jackass, we have a fucking sin in there that references it. But <laughs> Get whatever. it out here, Jonathan. Get it out here. This <laughs> is Jonathan Rage is my favorite. <laughs> No, but so no, so I just so I so that was just kind of funny. Like I just I was going in looking for outtakes or something with Andre Brower, and I maybe have like uh, like Ned Beatty or somebody, you know, with uh, with something that a Peralta was saying. But um, but uh, then I just rediscovered that that was actually a specific reference to an episode. So I thought that was really cool. And also, although there's not really an easy way to watch it, and the DVDs are out of print, but if you do have somehow have access to that show, it's Homicide Life on the Street. Um, David Simon, uh, creator of The Wire, it's what he did before The Wire, and it's it's brilliant. Like it's just such a great show. Um, did you ever watch that show, Aaron? Or? I did not. I did not. And another another interesting trivia from that show I will mention though um, is that um, what's his name? Hold on one second. I had it written down. Um, Richard Belzer plays uh, John Munch in the show Homicide, which actually he ended up playing the same character for many seasons on Law and Order SVU. And he also was in an episode of X-Files where he played John Munch. I don't oh. know if you remember that, Aaron. So in at that time, I don't know if it's been beaten, but at that time he had the like he was in the Guinness Book of World Records for character played on the most like series. Same he had character, played three series. Yeah, same character. Well, um, now that I know and he's that... got to have the most episodes because between Homicide and SVU, I mean, Jesus. Now that I know that those uh, shows are in the X-Files universe, I have to watch them, you know. Well, there you go. They'll got, yeah, watch all 21 seasons of Law & Order right, SVU or right, whatever yeah, they're on yeah, right exactly. now. Man, talk about a show that's depressing. Yeah. Because, um, you know, that's Special Victims Unit. and uh, I watched yeah. one episode at the height of my um, interest in those CSI-type shows. Um, yeah. And it was, I was like, nope, not for yeah. me. My wife and I watched it for quite a few seasons until uh, Chris Maloney left because we really liked the the two of them together. It was Maloney and uh, all of a sudden I cannot think of her name and she's still on the show. Um, I hate that, but everybody will know what I'm talking about. But anyways, that's why. But we watched it. But then when he left it and we had a kid and it was just kind of like, <laughs> man, a lot of a lot of a lot of girls get like kidnapped and to have things done to them on this show. I don't know yeah. that I want that in my head right yeah. now. I have a little baby at home. Uh, so, yeah, so we eventually got off, but I can't even imagine. I'm sure there's people that have watched all every season of it. Yep. Yep. Um, wow. I researched uh, Mike Tyson's punch out, speaking of uh, punch nice. out, um, and was really pleased to find what I found in that. It, it really it was just perfect because Peralta is acting like he's like an expert on punch out or whatever. And yet there's this completely different way to beat that character <laughs> yeah. that you don't even have to worry about his crazy spinny punch uh, thing. So I, I, I played punch out a ton growing up. Yeah, and, me too. Uh, so it was kind of fun to do that. I also wanted to mention this. Um, we have a sin in the Brooklyn Nine-Nine video that we 
had many discussions about because it's a sin about police rush to judgment. And obviously, with a lot of what's going on uh, in the world, um, we wanted to make sure that we weren't being insensitive, that we said what we wanted to say. Even in the course of a silly, stupid comedy video, we, we you know, we want to make sure mm-hmm. um, we're not, you know, putting out anything that's hurtful or insensitive. And, you know, the idea of police rushing to judgment has been a problem for a long time. And so I thought it was interesting when watching this video that uh, that Captain Holt really is just all gung-ho about rushing to judgment. He's like, I don't even mm-hmm. need to see the evidence. This guy's obviously guilty, you know, and obviously it's a joke and it's a comedy kind of thing. Yeah. But I did want to mention that this script was written May 23rd and everything started happening. I think George Floyd's murder was on May 25th. Um, and so it was one of those things where everything that was happening in the country was kind of coinciding with the process of of writing this script about a show about um pol- you know uh police people um and so we uh we definitely had some of those conversations and i think you know mm-hmm. we came down at the right place where we're doing what we're doing it doesn't change a lot of the stuff even that particular sin still works it's you know it's valuable and it says what we want it to say um and so but i did want to mention that because even the show itself recently has said we're throwing away the first four episodes of our season or whatever yeah. it was they also they also donated a lot of money mm-hmm. to uh to black lives matter and i just think we are we are putting the idea of what a police force is in all those things into such an important different perspective uh right now and i think you're going to see a lot more shows that deal with the police uh kind of have to wrestle with this because that it has just been shown and portrayed in such a particular way in our culture for so long um, that it just it was an interesting thing uh, while putting this together to kind of wrestle with that ourselves. So I did want to mention that. I Um, think you're right because I'm really curious. Like I have a feeling like the the um, the cop that just goes off on his own and does everything himself like the lone guy. I don't know how that's not lone gunman. I'm trying, the rogue cop, I guess. Yeah, rogue cop. Yes, exactly. Even if it's supposed to be like a like a protagonist, I have a feeling that's going to be gone I mean, at you, least for a while. You think of like, like that's the shield. Like yeah, I, I mean yeah. it's just which is I, a yeah. great show. But yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, but no, but but that's a and that was not they were not definitely not glorifying it in that show because those were bad guys, right? Um, but even something like Lethal Weapon, which is Mel Gibson. I didn't mean to mention that one specific, but. Yeah, you know, movies like that, or like John McClane. I mean, I, I just, I have a feeling characters like that are going to be gone for a while, yeah. uh, and maybe that's a good thing. I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't feel like I relate, I correlate movies to real life. So, but I know a lot of people do. Like Danae talks about how she has personal uh, reactions because she's like, that's not a person I'd want to hang out with. So why would I watch this fucking show? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you have a lot more of that. I've noticed with people, what people tweet about and stuff. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how a lot of these shows handle it. Like you said, uh, like Law and like, Order SVU. Yeah. Well, and I think like there's there are certain shows where, you know, it starts off and it, it maybe should be obvious that this isn't real life. Like you think about mm-hmm. um, like any CSI type show. Yeah. You know, when when that show kind of came out, I think that the then at, at least in my life, I could speak from my own experience. I'm like, oh, well, then why does it take so long for evidence to be processed if you can just like do this shit? Right. And yeah. you have to kind of like, oh, this isn't real. This is just a an extreme dramatization of how police work works or like when House came out or, you know, these any kind of show. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's not real. But then if you 
growing up watching TV and growing up in an entertainment kind of world, mm-hmm. it takes a minute to figure out what real life is versus what the entertainment that you're growing up is. That's, you know, unless you have someone kind of coaching you and telling you, hey, this isn't real. Mm-hmm. So I personally am excited for change in in yeah. our conversations, you know, how, however it comes out in our media, whether we're getting more accurate portrayals of, of, um, race representation or gender representation that I'm all for that. Uh, if we're going to change kind of how uh, police are portrayed or like real life is portrayed, that's okay too. But I think like the most important thing that, that should happen, hopefully in everyone's home in the ways that they're comfortable with is a conversation about what is real and what is not real in our media versus our real mm-hmm. life and taking an opportunity to point those differences out. Cause like I didn't have the kinds of parents who sat down and watched TV with me and like kind of mm-hmm. showed different things. So I have very unrealistic expectations of relationship for a lot of my life because um, I thought that Disney was real and it's not <laughs> it turns <laughs> out. Um, and so like another things too. So it's, so it's interesting too, as writers, Aaron, to your point to like take a moment and try to point something out, whether it's about how clothing isn't an invitation or how like this shouldn't be how, this is not how it really works. I think it's important kind of for us as writers to be talking about what's happening in our culture and to have that be in our writing somewhere uh, in a way to represent change. At least that's from my personal perspective. No, I've I actually agree. already put a few things in scripts since George, George's death, um, just trying to kind of experiment with the idea of what does it mean for us to try to, you know, bring that conversation to the table as entertainment. You know, we're, we're actually entertainment. We're not like... Uh-huh. a news channel or something our youtube videos are meant to be funny and snarky so it's it's a it's strange to try to bring in something so serious but it it's good to find those little touching points where it can be obvious that we are aware of it and we are thinking about it and we are trying to make sure that yeah. that's kind of breaking through in my opinion there, there's a lot that has to be done but on the on the outside like on the the uh, the people behind the scenes i find it fascinating that we have so many women and not only women but women of color directing like franchise films and sometimes some people try to bring it up as a negative like that's why the movie didn't make as much money birds of prey was a was one of the victims of that recently um so i'm i i think we're moving in a good direction i think uh, it's also on and off screen i think it's also important to say you know we're we're three white people too so you know like yeah, absolutely. Our, not that our that, not that our perspective is important for us to wrestle with in voice uh but just that our voice is not the key voice to be listening to on no. you know no, these topics no, no, no. um so that's actually why i decided not to launch my podcast i was actually like i had the first episode edited and ready to go and then uh george floyd um yeah you know was killed and and then it's just like I am the last voice that needs to be at the top of the of the of the chain right mm-hmm. now. So let me just get out of the way. But I think it's important for us to talk about it here because this is kind of like this is well. What and we your do. first episode was called "I Love Cops," so that wouldn't, uh, you know. <laughs> Jeez, no. no my no. first episode was supposed <laughs> to be a conversation with my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Where about the we, night before you got married oh god that did not come up <laughs> that did not come up you know it's just such an interesting time because we're catching up now in our script writing process to where you know all, all the things we do are so many weeks in advance and so here we are now going okay this is the moment when our script writing meets with what's happening in culture and so mm-hmm. it's important to talk about those things in my opinion well said well said uh let's Thanks. move on to the comment section I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. 
You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're each going to uh, pick a comment or two from the videos uh, for the week or from Twitter or Reddit or uh, Discord. Lots of great conversation going on there as well. Um, what do you guys have? Cool. Oh, and I'll go. I had a really, I had a really quick one. Um, I was actually, uh, I was going on Twitter to this morning and uh, tweeting out the um, the Curb Your Enthusiasm video on our TV Sense Twitter account, and I noticed that somebody had uh, tagged us um, at David Batista and just said the video on the Big Bang Theory is better than all of the show, and I'm going to add a sin for that. And I was like, well, thank you. <laughs> That's nice. And it probably, you know, it. I mean, as someone who's seen like almost every episode of The Big Bang Theory, I think I agree with you that our video was better. <laughs> wow. Nice. Uh, Danae, what about you? Uh, the one that I had originally wanted to do today, um, but I'm going to have a couple extra from Twitter from last week. Uh, this one comes from SoundCloud, and it was from quite a while ago because I didn't remember that our, we have a SoundCloud for our mm-hmm. podcast and that there's comments there, too. So to all the SoundCloud listeners... Apologies. Didn't realize that you were there and I'm sorry. Um, This one comes from R2Fan who says, I am totally addicted to Honeycomb Hotel. I don't recall if it was here or on your other podcast, um, but I, I will blame you. Or thank you for that one. <laughs> that one made me really, really happy because it's one of those obscure games that I was excited to share with yeah. you guys that just, mm-hmm. it's one of the ones that I always go back to. So I'm glad that somebody else enjoys that. In fact, I really enjoy every time you guys reach out and tell me that you enjoy one of the games that I recommend. I don't know why. Probably because I just don't want to be the only gamer of That's this nice entire to be heard. tribe of people. It's nice to be heard. Yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and do uh, my comments and then Danae if you want to talk about sure. uh, some of the other Twitter stuff that's been going on mm-hmm. um, the first one will be in the you done messed up A.A. Ron uh, category uh, <laughs> this this is from uh, I think this is from yeah Brooklyn Nine Nine and uh, Levin says you said that they should put respect on David Attenborough's name but you didn't call him Sir David Attenborough which is what his full name is that itself is disrespectful you are absolutely right I should have uh, known to include the sir in there sir david attenborough please please accept uh my apology uh and then in the uh in the no i think you're wrong category uh (laughs) no you are there there were some comments and and i won't uh read them about the and we actually did talk about this in the writing process uh about the fact that um oh here's the comment i get that philip can't hear them but why would peralta and holt be having what is clearly a discouraging conversation where he can clearly see them is the sin and yeah. some people were saying, well, that's a two-way mirror because it's an interrogation room. We had this conversation and I think conclusively came to the decision that that is not the two-way mirror. Mm-hmm. They are out in the hallway and that is a regular mm-hmm. window because you can see it even inside uh, the interrogation room that there's a regular window by the door there. And so you also see him directly looking at them. Yeah, and intently. Like intently he's like intently, studying yeah. what they're doing. So, um, so yeah, I did want to address that because a couple people but said we definitely it. did we went that we went back and forth on that that was yep. a conversation yeah we, we i think we've got enough receipts on that that i feel pretty comfortable that we're right there so so yeah i wanted to mention those two danae what else did you have uh that's hadn't happened on twitter uh last week uh we released our year kind of um in review episode and i posted on twitter like what's your favorite or what's some standout stuff uh so many mentioned that they love to hear the three of us just cut up and laugh and that they're laughing too and that we keep them company uh like 
Bill Brown at Bill Brown said that um, he would struggle to point out a specific bit. It's more like I go for a long run every Thursday after work and a two hour episode of BTS fills that time and it keeps me company when I'm out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, Keep up the pace, Bill. Keep up the pace. You can do it. You You can do it. You got this. Uh, Darren W says the camaraderie between the hosts I mean it's cool to hear the behind the scenes stuff and recommendations but I would listen to you three talk about the best way to serve bologna okay well let me tell you <laughs> no Aaron uh, ketchup Barbecue. have you ever done bologna and ketchup oh god gross <laughs> Oh, if you no. just if you Mustard put the bologna, would be the only thing. I'm sorry. Yeah, you just you put the bologna, you put the ketchup in the in the bologna, and you roll up like a cannoli, and you have a bo- just, cannoli bologna. Yes, or yes. just don't eat bologna. There's better meats <laughs> out there. Pick something else. I mean, bologna's fine in a pinch. I mean, I'll eat it, but yeah, there's other stuff. Um, and then also the mention. I think actually, Aaron, you kind of mentioned this one already, but the the um uh the struggling to have Aaron keep it in the format. He loves it when you say, let's move on. <laughs> but then Danae and Sam keep talking about the previous topic. Also loving the tater tot references. Did you just say Sam? <laughs> I think that's huh? what he said in the comment. Oh, he, he said Danae and by Sam? Twitter. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm reading the tweet. And so it's it's Sam oh. Loomis. Oh, it's a Twitter so. handle. Uh, that's why I got confused. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. It's yeah, because he, he, he was adding me. I super should have said that differently. No, um, no that's ours. I was like, I don't remember. Is Sam around? Where's Sam? <laughs> Uh, There's all these was, former online poker players that swear that, that think that's my name. Yeah, and that's that was from uh, Sweet Chicken Sir. Man, so, thank you guys. I, you, yeah, you really. Mm-hmm. I, it's really, I think, um, probably difficult to understand how much that means to us. Like it's it's one of those things that you put that out, and then people were just like, and you were basically just asking about the podcast itself, but they were so specifically loving on us, and it's just one of those things that. I don't know. It's, you, you know, sometimes you wonder if people are listening and then other times you realize, oh, not only are people are listening, they're having a great time. So, yeah. And that's really important to and us. And they're loving so. on us. Yeah. From a Aww. safe distance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's move on, guys, uh, to Beyond the Sins. To infinity and beyond. Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Let's chat about something else from the pop culture world that we've seen recently or experienced or played or whatever the case may be. Um, Danae, why don't you go first? Ah! <laughs> I'm so excited! <laughs> I found my favorite cartoon ever. I'm so excited to share this with you. It's on Netflix. It's a show called Kipo. Have you guys seen it? Yeah. No. What Holy is it called? Shit. Hold on. It's what is it Kipo. called again? Kipo. P-O, K-I-P-O. I, I have not heard of this, so I'm excited. Oh, my God. It is so good. It is, like, it brought me joy. There's just so much shit happening in the world, and and it's important to stay awake and aware and to, like, like for me, my big challenge is to stay present and to continue to find ways to, like, not look away when the videos get hard because, you know, life is difficult. And so like I've just been opening my soul up to seeing reality and the darkness of reality, uh, especially for our black brothers and sisters in the world. And so I've admittedly, it's been really hard. And so um, I decided to just one afternoon, like a couple weeks ago, I just was like, okay, I want to, I want to see something else instead of forcing myself to open my eyes to this reality of, you know, what our, um, what I consider to be um, my my friends and family uh, are experiencing in their culture. I have a lot of thoughts about that that I'll leave on the table for now. But 
for me, Kipo all of a sudden just became this bright beacon of light. And I cannot, I cannot express to you how much I love this show. I'm so pumped for you it. You sure are trying, I mean, though. Uh, what? You sure are trying to express how much uh, you love the oh show. You're doing is pretty it, good. Is it Kipo in the Age of the Wonder Beast? Yes. Okay, Kipo okay. in the Age of the Wonder Beasts. Go or watch Age it. Age of Wonder Beast. <laughs> oh, my God. Please go watch this. I don't know. Maybe you guys don't like animation. Um, it is it is something that is safe for younger people to watch. There is violence because there's action in it. Like there's action sequences, but nobody dies. Like there's this in, in like in the first episode, there's this one moment. There's this one action sequence, which the action is super thrilling. I love it mm-hmm. so much. They do such a great job with like uh, the unique angles that they take during these like fight sequences. And it's not like always fighting, but when there is a fight, it is so good. Uh, it's paired so perfectly with really great music. Um like music that makes you happy, music that gets you like your blood pumping. It's just a different approach to a cartoon that I really love. And they write music in it. They have the most unique songs that the characters sing and perform. Uh, by the third episode, I was hooked forever, and I will actually can watch the entire series again because I can't. I can't leave this world. Uh, season one and season two are out. You can binge them now. Uh, but basically, the premise is like a post-apocalyptic world. Um, which sometimes can be very boring. But the way that the characters are introduced is unique and fun and a little disturbing. It's a little bit disturbing, which, of course, I really enjoy. It's just got a little bit of that serious vibe to it. Um, But it immediately turns it back into something fun and unique and creative. It's extremely creative uh, and vibrant colors. And they do a really good job, I think, of um, developing the characters. There's a mystery kind of going on. And so you're along for this mystery ride. They do a good job of like um, getting through the plot points of that mystery enough to where you're not like being dragged out forever, but you're also continuing to develop this world. So by the end of season two, there's some answers to some questions that you've been asking since season one. uh, And yet you're still interested in going back into the world. Uh, They did a really smart thing in season two, just expanding kind of the people that were involved. And um, Sterling K. Brown is one of the... um, voices of the show oh that's why you were saying that while we were talking about brooklyn 99 mm-hmm. and the music like i said is so fantastic it's got great tones of family and friendship and personal development and uh heartbreak and all the things that like are real but it's so vibrant in color and um the character the main character kipo is the perfect amount of serious and childlike and so it has that really great kind of sweet kid show uh, aspect to it i actually think this might even be something that would be safe for like iris to watch in a way Mm -hmm. um because even sometimes the action is even though there's like it's like violent it's not something that i think she would like pick up on um really negatively there's not a lot of scary things happening there are some big like monsters and you know multi-armed creatures and weird things that she would see potentially so i'll probably wait you know a f- couple years to really like see if she would like it but i i immediately was like i want to share this with someone uh so i ended up talking to somebody even on the editing team who is a kipo fan and we literally spent a few minutes of our meeting just listening to a couple of our favorite <laughs> songs from the show because we just just danced in our chairs and listened to the songs from the show. It's such a great 
uh, it's such a great refreshing thing. And I really uh, hope that you guys watch it. And I hope that you tell me that you enjoyed it and that it brought you some life and love. And that's that's what I wanted to tell you about today. Okay, bye. I will add it to the list. It might be three years before I actually get to watch it, but I will add it to the list. It's quick. It's actually like it's a really nice little quick thing. Um, Well, and it sounds like something I was looking at it. It might be something that I could see if my daughter would be interested in watching. Well, and if she does, please tell me. Uh, it's a, it's got some no, really, not tell, like, not it, telling you it's anything. really cool because the, it is, it's a, it's a diverse cast. It's diverse in mm-hmm. sexuality as well. So it's kind of woke that way, which I appreciate. Um, yeah, I really, I really had a good time with this one. I saw you mention it. I saw you mention it in Reddit. Uh, not Reddit. I'm sorry. Discord. I saw you mention mm-hmm. it in Discord and how much you loved it. So I immediately sought it out. Um, did you watch it? Yeah, um, I watched the first episode uh, just to kind of see, and it was really great. I think I think people should uh, be aware that like Netflix calls it a kids show, and that just that doesn't do it enough service. Like you know, there's mm-hmm. it's it's certainly it's like, it's like a youth show. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a it it's feels not, like a little bit. It's not a three year old show. It's not yeah. like a dancing you know puppets show. It's a it's it does have a maturity aspect to it mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So because I did that, I'm going to be uh, calling in uh, a chip then and making you watch something since I watched something oh, that you shit. love. That, no, so. no, 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 no. You don't get to, you don't get to do that. What? I, Isn't that I, how it works? It's called, uh, here, it's called The Mist. Here's what I'll do. Here's what I'll do. I will say if you will uh, finish the season, uh-huh. I will I will consider it. <laughs> Thanks. I know what that means. <laughs> Uh, but I am curious. What? What did you did you like it? Did you think because like the music is unique and like the world is unique? Yeah, I think that's. I think unique is the, is a great word. It's it's not like it's anything unexpected. else I'm watching. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah I think I'm going to stick it with anime? it. And watch the whole thing. Yeah, is it, I, I it's just anime ish. Yeah, it's certainly kind of like Avatar or less anime ish than Avatar. I would definitely say there's some, especially in the fight sequences, you can really feel mm. that anime style going on. Um, but it uses modern music in mm-hmm. a way that definitely feels different. Um, I I don't know. I I really can't recommend this higher than what I have it at right now. Yeah, I I picked up on that. I p- picked up on that strongly. Hey hey, I don't know if you guys know this. I really like the show called Kipo and the Wonder <laughs> Beast. On, it's on Netflix. And I, I, I really do. I just assumed you were like I started watching This Is Us because I thought you were talking about Sterling K. Brown. <laughs> I was like, oh no, Danae and Aaron are going to talk about This Is Us for like thirty minutes. She watched This Is Us. You watched uh, the first couple seasons. I think you fell off, though, didn't you? Yeah, I fell off. Yeah, I had that was one where I watched like the first eight episodes. My wife has continued to watch it, but after like the first like eight episodes, I was like. I I just I can't like be depressed every week. <laughs> Stop like, making just, me cry. I yeah. got I got to move on. Like I'm sorry. Yeah. You're you're killing me. Uh, what have you been watching, Jonathan? What's uh, something you want to recommend? Mine's a. I'm gonna do a book. Uh, what? That's okay. Yeah. Uh, no, but seriously, uh, I have like a handful of authors that like I just like the day of release. It doesn't matter if I'm reading something else. I'm picking up their book. I'm immediately reading it. And one of those recently is this uh, Riley Sager. Um, and his fourth book just got released this week, and I've already read it. Um, I actually it was really funny. I tweeted out Monday night about ten thirty because usually if I pre-order on Kindle, I guess it's on Eastern time because usually about eleven o'clock on Monday is when the book will drop. So I tweeted at 1030 uh, that I was refreshing my Kindle over and over, uh, hoping that it would come a little early. And then it popped up at 11 o'clock. 
I read half the book that night. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I didn't know I was going to stay up that late, but I just got really into it. But anyways, Riley Sager, it's actually a pen name, so I, a pseudonym. I don't know. I can't. I don't know what he's written before this, but this was his fourth novel in four years. His first book was actually, and probably his most popular was Final Girls, which Andrew recommended on an episode of Sif Pop. Hey, I've heard of that podcast. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Uh, but in one of your Barry Treasure segments, like a few years ago, the only reason I remember that is because Barrett was on that too. And Barrett was like, but isn't there a movie called Final Girls? And then Andrew was like, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe that was an adaptation of this. And I had to tweet you guys and correct you on everything. <laughs> Thank you. So that's why I remember all this. But anyways, um, yeah, so Final Girls was like his first novel. It was a huge success. And then he's written uh, The Last Time I Lied. And all of a sudden, I can't remember that third novel. Lock Every Door. Lock Every Door just came out last year. And what's really interesting about him is that – oh, and I'm sorry. The book I'm going to talk about, the new one, is called Home Before Dark. Um, what's interesting of that he's done – I mean, I guess you could classify him as a horror author. I feel like he's more of like a mystery thriller author, but he definitely plays with horror tropes. Obviously, Final Girls. The Final Girl is very much a slasher film trope. Um the last time I lied is kind of playing on uh, summer camp horrors. Uh, Lock every door is kind of a kind of a playoff on stuff on like like inside the like, house thrillers kind like of thing. Apartment, well, like a, specifically like apartment horrors, like the the apartment the apartment building itself in the book kind of becomes its own character, right. kind of like something like Rosemary's Baby, um, or maybe even like The Overlook or something like that from The Shining. Um, this is Home Before Dark, and this is his kind of deep dive into haunted houses, specifically like something like Amityville Horror, where it kind of becomes this sensationalist thing. So the the plot of the book is that 25 years ago, um, a husband and wife and, and their little girl, she was seven, they bought a house called – it's. Um, it's a Victorian estate. I, I can't rem- I didn't write the name down and I can't remember it right now, but it's this big estate um, that they find and it's uh, it's much bigger than what they need, but they but the price is so good they've got to go check it out. And of course what they find out is some things have happened at the house. There's been some deaths and stuff like that. They still decide to take it. And then 20, 20 days later, I believe, something like that, they leave in the middle of the night. They report to the police that, like, all this shit's going on at the house and they can't stay there anymore. And then the dad writes a book. He writes a best-selling novel called House of Horrors, detailing everything that happened in those 20 days that they were at the house. Then the And then you go 25 years later. The dad has died. He's left everything to his daughter because him and his wife have divorced. And um, the daughter finds out that his de- her dad never sold the, the estate. So she actually inherits the estate. And she is never, because she was so young, she really has no idea what happened when they were kids. And and the idea is that the book is bullshit anyways, and she's always kind of believed it's bullshit. So she uses – and she's, she's also – uh, I'm throwing a lot out there. She's also in her in her her job is she's a house flipper. She's a renovator and then flips the houses. So what she decides to do is to go back to the estate, try to get it renovated and get it ready to sell, and then hopefully she can figure out what exactly went down and uh, what's true in the book, what's not true. Was her dad just trying to make some money so he made up this story? And you know, was her mom in on it and all this other kind of stuff? What's really cool about the structure of the book though is that you get. It, you they intermingle the chapters you get chapters where it's her 20 her in the present day trying to figure out what's going on and then every other chapter is a chapter from the book that the dad wrote um house of horrors so you get like the book within the book uh, you actually get to read all of that too and it uh it works like gangbusters it is an amazing i don't know 
because all of his stuff has been optioned because he's he's a very popular novelist now. Um, I don't know if this has been optioned yet. I honestly don't know how you would even make this. I mean, you could make this straightforward into a movie, but I think you would definitely lose something because I think the coolest thing about it, and this is only something you can get from actually reading a book, is the way it's structured. Um, that was like my favorite thing about it. And both storylines converge at the end and they're very uh, satisfying. And um, I just, I loved it. It, it. I still think Final Girls is probably my favorite book of his, but this might be my next favorite now. But I just, but literally I just finished it last night. Uh, but um, it's a huge recommend, Home Before Dark. If you've never read Riley Sager before, I recommend reading all four of them. You don't have to go in a specific order. I mean, you could definitely read this first, uh, but uh, can't recommend him enough and hate that I have to wait a year for his next book. Uh, that's the only thing that blows. I need to start like letting these settle in like a fine wine or something and maybe read them over a week as opposed right? to two nights. That I feel uh, that way about when I binge a show sometimes. I'm like, why yeah. did I do that? <laughs> now it's over. What was I doing? I <laughs> uh, can't say that I know that feeling. Uh, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> the butt binging the show? Yeah, you never do that. No, about the feeling afterwards. Like, you know, why did I? Oh, why did I do that so uh, quickly? Like, that's my whole efficiency. Is like my whole brain space. Like, do it as quickly as possible and get it all inside <laughs> you. Uh, yeah. So that's that's kind of my. That's thing. what that's uh that's what my college girlfriend. I don't know. I can't. <laughs> it was a nice try. It was a nice try. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, mine is a, I guess, mini series. I think we'll call it a mini series. It's from earlier this year. It's uh, from the BBC, I believe, or it's it's from a British network, at least. It may be ITV, um, but it is a three episode mini series. Each episode is uh, about an hour, or just under an hour. Uh, I think I know what you're going to say. And Go ahead. It tells the uh, the true story of a quiz show scandal from England, from when yes. Who Wants to Be a Millionaire uh, started. And and I saw I saw like commercials for this whenever I was watching Killing Eve. Oh yes, yes, because Killing Eve is also well. Uh, and i I had seen I had seen the million dollar question before and didn't realize it because that thing gets thrown around on Facebook and Twitter a lot. Yeah, and I didn't know that was the same thing until I. But I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Um, so this was a story I was pretty unfamiliar with. Uh, I I love you know if you've uh, paid attention to things I love before, you know how much I have uh, love in my heart for the movie Quiz Show. Mm-hmm. Um, and is one of my favorite movies of all time. And Me too. There, there is something about you know uh, tv production entertainment versus actual competition and how quiz mm-hmm. shows can blur that line and all that stuff that's really fascinating to me and the added thing of when people try to beat a system that's another thing i love like uh there's a there's a whole documentary on the guy who beat press your lux system and this is another fascinating quiz show story where he figured out after studying tape after tape of press your luck mm-hmm. which is the no whammies game show um, exactly what would light up at exactly how long before the biggest prize on the board would light up. And so he had the timing down to where he just was on for like two weeks straight and won millions and millions <laughs> of dollars because he could just play the board perfectly. Um, I love that kind and of good, stuff. Good for him, too. Right? You know, like, totally. I, I don't, that's not cheating. That's not cheating at all. And what's interesting about this, this uh, event that happened with the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in England, um, which, by the way, the, the background stuff on Who Wants 
to be a millionaire I found really fascinating as well. The idea of how they thought of the show, how they created it, all that stuff was really good. And then add to it this beating the system kind of thing. And where is the line between just beating the system and actually cheating? Um, And this goes into that in a really interesting way because I don't know that it tries to answer that question for you. Uh, And it not only doesn't try to answer that question, I don't know that it really tries to answer the question of were they actually guilty of doing what they were accused of doing. Now, they were, um, I guess, uh, I don't know what the England term is for it, but convicted in America. They were convicted of this crime. They actually, a a jury came back and the majority opinion said, yeah, they did this thing. But if you watch this show, I don't know that it's that cut and dry. Um, And so it has that added benefit of being something where I walk away from it going, what do I believe? What do I think really happened here? And that's really fun for me to kind of have those kind of moral quandaries and considerations. The performances are great. Michael Sheen is great as the game show host uh chris uh, oh that's Tarrant. like perfect casting yeah he's so good uh matthew mcfadden uh or mcfadden uh, mcfadden maybe uh plays charles ingram uh in the movie you may know him from um uh succession you may know him from the tv show succession uh, and he's really great in this as well. The performances are great down the line. It's so interesting. I loved it. I will say it's not uh, streaming for free anywhere. You will have to purchase it from either Amazon or Google Play. Um, or if you, well, if you have if you have cable, uh, if you actually still have cable, you can watch it on AMC. Oh, okay. I did not. So know it's that. on demand. Like it's on AMC on demand. That's how I watched it. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, so I, it is a high, 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 high recommend. Uh, a lot of that has to do with the fact that it just appeals to so many parts of why I like watching true life movies. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's really mm-hmm. interesting, good stuff. And it's one of those that I can't wait for somebody I know to watch it so that I can have like conversations about it because it's it really yeah. kind of leaves you kind of, do I think they did it? Is mm-hmm. what they did wrong even? You know, like that, all those questions that you can talk about. I, I, I think they did it. <laughs> I personally, <laughs> I, I knew this story. Like I said, I knew this story before going and then realized I had actually watched the whole thing with the coffee. And then, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's the, uh, was it, was it Google? Was that the question? Yeah. The final was answer the, was, yeah. yeah, Google. Which I was thinking in my head, I guess you just know things where you don't. Cause I was thinking in my head, that's a super easy million dollar question. But I guess a lot of people don't know what that is. But would I it have been an easy as, question then though? I learned that in like elementary school yeah, or middle I, school. I remember in a Google Plex is like the next one. But I yeah. guess if you don't remember. Yeah, I guess not. I, now, now I will say this. If I was ever in a situation like that, I would overthink everything to death. So even though I would be like, I know that's the answer, I'd be like, well, maybe it's really a hundred zeros and not at that. You know, mm-hmm. I'd be like, I'd be going over in my head. But anyways, um, no, I really liked it. I love game shows in general. And like you, I think the I think the intrigue around stuff like that's so interesting. I do think the difference between that and Quiz Show, though, is in Quiz Show, the producers of the show were behind it. Correct. Correct. And where, and which is why I have that here too. There's a little true. bit of that no, here too, which I really liked. That's true. And there might be more than we know. Right. Um, but I know in quiz show that's directly referenced. And so that's why the quiz show thing, I'm like, I don't care. Like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's shady, but, but that's a TV show, you know? I mean, and that's how they're choosing to produce the TV show. I mean, if you found out that Survivor was, was cheating somehow, 
you would probably be like, oh, that's not as good as if I, you know, if I didn't know that. But at the same time, you'd be like, yeah, but it's a TV show. Like, I, I don't know. Like, the quiz show thing doesn't, I don't, and I guess that was a different time, but I've never really understood why he was like, just like his life was over mm-hmm. uh, because of all that. This is a little different. I mean, because you're talking about if they did do it and they just did it themselves. I mean, that's, that's, you're stealing money, basically. I guess you could look at it like that. Uh, you could look at it as fraud or whatever. Or, or yeah. you could look at it that the producers didn't do enough to protect themselves from things like that. That's you true. Know? That's true. Because like, is there a rule that says somebody can't, can't cough, cough? You know, <laughs> right? Like, I, yeah, I mean, no, it's it's. It, I find it. I find it really fascinating. Yeah, it's good stuff. I agree. I agree. Because you've also got a live audience in there that's hearing the question themselves. You yeah. know, and I mean, it amazes me people don't just shout out answers because you're they're, you're just not thinking about it. You know, you're just like. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I thought it was, I thought it was great. I, it was the perfect amount of episodes too. I don't think it could have really gone mm-hmm. on any longer. Yeah. Um, and the, the cast is perfect. So yeah, it's high recommend. I was really impressed at the angle it took and that it didn't paint them as, you know, obviously guilty or bad people. Mm-hmm. I really liked that. Um, I think I'm with you. I think if, if you pushed me to make a decision, I think they cheated uh, in the way that it looks like they cheated, or at least portions of it looks like, but I don't think they should have been convicted. I, no, I don't, no, no. I don't think there's. I, I don't agree. think it's beyond a reasonable doubt. I think unless you can, unless you can come forward with paperwork that says like you're not allowed to do this that they signed, or, or even I don't yeah. even think there's proof. I don't even think there's proof that there was a uh, a plan to do this. Like you know the. True. The, the biggest proof they have is the phone call, and that's just a phone call to somebody. They don't even know what happened on that phone call. And so the other the other thing I guess that threw people off was that, you know, he um, and I knew this before going in that people talked about this, the way like, you know, the, it's so like it's crazy how he gets to every answer starting at like the eighth or ninth question or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so I guess when you look back at everything, it starts looking more and more like maybe he was getting help. But but that could just be the way like people like I, people talk their way through a lot yep. of things on these game shows all the time. I mean, I, I've seen every kind of possibility. So I that doesn't really strike me as odd. I, I, I could talk about this for another hour, probably. But absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but that's just a sign of how much I enjoyed it. So, yeah, check it out. It's it's called Quiz. Um, and, uh, and apparently available to stream on AMC or buy. Yeah, on I assume Amazon. it's still on there. Um, I watched it a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, I, I assume it's on there for a little bit. So today, did you have any thoughts? I just wanted to let you guys know I, ha- there's a show called Kipo and I really love it. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. Uh, you were supposed to pick a four letter title, Jonathan Kipo oh, quiz, shoot. you know, I went f- with the three word titles. Yeah. You missed the memo. <laughs> you missed the memo. That's going to do it for behind the scenes this week. Don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. You can hang out with us on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer. She is at Danae says T N E E S A Y S. And he is at Sam Loomis 13. So for Jonathan Watkins, Danae Hughes and myself, we'll, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BTS at CinemaSins.com. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting CinemaSins.com slash BTS. It's time to go connect with the boys. The men saying boys, is that derogatory? I don't think it is. Let's join this party party. But as much as I like her, it's one of those things where having watched the whole show, I really like like who ends up replace who ends up coming the in character person. and the the character of the character becomes better because 
because the whole idea of them having an because affair that was the to. problem if yeah, they hadn't they done the affair off. thing i think mm-hmm. it would have been fine hey we probably should remember all this when we actually talk about yeah, it. yeah no kidding. Say, no, we're talking about something we won't talk about it for like a month and a half and this is a behind the scenes from <laughs> me, the future play around of guess what show we're going to talk about in a month <laughs> yeah posters nice or a poster uh, i don't it's okay i it's okay i want to show you i've seen the pictures I want you to see where it is in my real life. This is confusing. So your office closet also goes out into your hallway? That's actually, no, that's my office. Oh, I thought that was like you went to a different room to show the second. Okay, I was confused. I mean, I got it, you now. I, I understand why you're confused. I flipped my computer basically yeah, you, upside you down. You completely, uh, you broke the 180 rule, as they would say in filming. That's right. I'm, I'm breaking all the rules. That's what you're here for. So we had so much love from our show last week. Really? Did you guys get messages? You mean the one from this week? I mean, I saw some yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. You mean the one Sorry. that came out this morning? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I got a message from somebody who like, literally was like, I was in a really rough place. And then just that cold intro of the stupid song that we sang completely made their day. And then just a lot of love about like the show in general and what it means to people. Um, we a lot of them be- from that tweet. Danae, we may be missing a career in impromptu song creation. Um, (laughs) (laughs) With These Chips Are Good and This Is The Best Of Show. uh, Jonathan, did you know that one of Aaron and I's goals in life is to create a Christmas album where we just sing Christmas songs as cats? This is is, uh, a man and his cat sings Christmas carols. Oh, yeah, Uh, that's it. That's right. (laughs) And Danae Danae plays the cat. And the the, the gist (laughs) is that I'm singing Christmas carols like normal Bing Crosby style, like very clearly, <laughs> and then she'll take her verse, and it's all like, nyaw, 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 nyaw. oh, that's amazing. <laughs> and then, and then, then the duet parts come. It's yeah, it's a man and his. Cat I think that's amazing. Girls. I think you could definitely do like an SNL sketch esque thing for that, though. That would be perfect. I decided that rather than purchase a, a really nice draft chair, because the in mm. my in my little recording closet, everything is up high sort mm-hmm. of like at standing height so whatever chair i use kind of has to be a higher chair and i was like you know what i'll just buy these cheap director's chairs that somebody's selling on let go for 15 dollars. they are so creaky i mean mm-hmm. every time i move it's like great, great. are they comfortable we can't hear you though it's so just bad. be just no i can't i can't hear it's anything. not coming god, thank through thank god it's really what, frustrating. going back though why christmas songs <laughs> <laughs> How did you land on it Christmas? It just works better that way. It's just funnier. It it's just funnier. Yeah. It's you don't think just, cats singing like metal no, would be funny? No, 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 no. I mean, possibly that could be a follow-up album. But oh, my it's God. Just I the, can do my death scream. It's just the classic Christmas album. There are so many dumb Christmas albums that come out. And so it's just uh, kind of that classic thing. Like, you like know. listen, because listen to Iron Maiden's, The I think it's, is it The Trooper is the one I'm talking about? I think it's The Trooper. But um, there's a there's just that what, what I thought of immediately when you said that, because there's a part in that where he He's just going like, oh, you know, like mm-hmm. that. And I was just thinking that would be the cat. The other thing is, from a commercial standpoint, uh, a lot of those songs are public domain. So, like, Christmas oh, that's songs true. are public domain, which is and another Christmas reason. Christmas albums sell well. That's mm-hmm. another reason that there are so many dumb Christmas albums. I wonder I what know. the Christmas album market is now. Because I remember when I was a kid, everybody had a guy. Well, I don't Christmas know. But if you, if you can write an original Christmas song that somehow yeah. becomes, you know, in, into the culture. Forever forever mm-hmm. like you are you you've got it you're good was the mariah carey song was that her song yep or was that a yep. that and wasn't she a cover is printing money every year off of that thing yeah for some reason i thought that was a cover but even if it was 
or like uh, Run DMC's Christmas and Hollis. I feel um, like I feel like if you one. were to just take a step back and just say, do albums sell anymore? <laughs> I'm gonna have to remember this when we talk about it in the show because I yeah, want to bring out that say. maybe The Hangover is like my love actually. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to remember to say that. <laughs> No, I just I'm very much about work life balance. Like it is one Good of my you. things. And no, it just it it really looks to others like laziness sometimes and it's bit me in the butt a few times. Uh but I just I'm very much about look, I don't have to work twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Like no. I need play time, I need me time, I need self improvement time, I need family time, and work is just a part of my life. Um That's the good thing about our crew too. I don't feel like anybody judges any no, of our no, choices. Except for Danae. But other everybody else is very I judge nice. everybody all day long. <laughs> well, I'm having a weird week, too, because my wife and daughter are both home. Well, my daughter's usually home because she's obviously not in school. But my wife took the week off because originally, like months ago, we were going to go to Disney this week for my daughter's birthday. Yeah. So that didn't work. Um, but she just went ahead and kept the week off because she was already off on Friday anyways. And she doesn't work Mondays. So, you know, it's like they're they're both here just doing whatever. And I'm like, but I have to work. I'm confused. All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about for the outtake section before we head into the podcast? <laughs> Boobs. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's in. <laughs> Welcome to the outtakes, Jonathan Watkins. Adult diapers. <laughs> Wait, did you just go from boobs to adult diapers? I don't know. I'm just throwing words out. (laughs) Those are your outtake-worthy concepts. Those could go together. People with boobs wear adult diapers, right? It's true. It's very true. People with boobs do a lot of things. Doesn't everybody have boobs anyway? (laughs) This is a good conversation. It probably isn't, but go ahead. Do they have to have uh, mammary glands to be considered breasts or boobs? Otherwise, are they just chest? Are they just, you know, chesticles? I have no idea. Um, I mean, they are. I've always heard it male. I've always heard men have breasts. I've always heard, and and some men legit have breasts. Like that has happened. Sure. Well, I mean, that, yeah, hormones can happen. Yeah. So, breast tissue. So I yeah I don't I I yeah. wonder what the ruling on that maybe is. they're I just think... uh, pec pecti- pectacles what are they called it's not <laughs> Ch- chesticles? what are, what is pec short for pectoralis muscle uh, pectoralis yes. major yes, pectoralis minor um although I got breasts some pectoralis don't develop major in... that's all I'm saying <laughs> I don't know about the minor <laughs> <laughs> a quick Google search which is always dangerous although breasts don't develop in men the way they do in women all boys are born with a small amount of breast tissue so they're breasts. So they're all breasts. So technically, they're all boobs. I, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say everybody has boobs. But there is a difference. Not so. Not everybody has breast tissue. So as the much actual breast, breast tissue. tissue. That's what I, I heard. Think, as much. I think we're all born with breast tissue, but then as the development continues and the yeah. estrogen takes over, it, it shifts. But oh, I think so the breast all, tissue goes away. I don't know. I'm googling right now as we're talking. Oh, this is a very man. dangerous conversation. <laughs> it shifts. <laughs> but men can get breast cancer, right? Yes, they can. So I think that's so. another, another. Oh yeah, no, they can. That's another check mark in the everyone has breasts. Uh, Archer, Archer got breast cancer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. That was a whole storyline. My two puppies were rescue dogs. We don't know what their life was like beforehand, but they have these obsessions, and I think dogs have obsessions with water and food anyway. But they seem to be more hyper interested, specifically mm-hmm. in anything that turns into water like ice cubes they flip out if there's an ice cube that falls to the floor it is just like their favorite (laughs) thing um 
But one of the most annoying things that they do every time I leave the car, like to come with me or whatever, when I leave the car, Reese's goes into like looking out the window mode and checking to see where I've gone. But Twix goes into dive through the car for whatever I can find and consume mode. <laughs> and it's always around something that smells like food, which is which is great because my car is filled with just junk and trash. So he could literally eat all kinds of things in my car because I'm I'm a car troll. I have horrible car. I'm a disgusting car owner. I'm just going to own up to that. But I have learned I have to put anything that smells like food. I have to stuff it into cubbies around the car when I leave. Otherwise, Twix eats it. Yeah. So, or you could just, you know, throw it in the trash. But go, no, go that's on. weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, because then there's not as much padding in the car when you get in. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I see that. It's just, it's, it's that's like that's wrap- a problem that people don't understand. Yeah, it just wraps around you like a blanket, you know? Uh-huh. Like you just yeah. kind of like you, you put your seatbelt on and then you also have everything else. You've just, got you've like, got your seatbelt, your airbags mm-hmm. and your food cushions. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like extra armor. Yeah. It's actually a good thing in a way that I am like this person because I get back in the car and Twix is doing this. <laughs> and I thought he was going to puke. And because I'm this horrible trash car person i immediately know that i have clothing of some kind in the back seat yeah. so i i'm like preparing for like whatever is going to come out of this dog and never ever came out the whole ride it was kind of like he got something stuck in his throat yeah. probably a mustard packet and that i just <laughs> no. didn't find <laughs> that's <know>. awful <laughs> he's just over there and i'm like come on buddy you can do it you can get out <laughs> i might be driving yeah. to missouri today to clean a car uh <laughs> i might might have to do that <laughs> What's it like, I, Jonathan, to podcast with two such disgustingly messy people? <laughs> no, you guys are no. My car now. My we don't keep trash and stuff in the car because we just. I don't. I'm real sensitive to smells. So like, I, I if the car smells like McDonald's or Taco Bell or something, I would just that would lose it. But um, we are bad about not taking it and getting like like uh, like dirt off the the floor mats and stuff like that. So. <laughs> As if that's something either of us have ever done. <laughs> oh, yeah. We go. There's a place in town. It's I, like 20 bucks. They like do your whole car. It's beautiful. I, we do I'm that once really every bad. I'm really bad about polishing the it's steering wheel. Polishing. I'm horrible at that. I don't do that enough. <laughs> Jonathan's like, I haven't conditioned my dashboard in like a month. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't do it. I pay somebody to like clean the car. It costs, right. like, out of armor bucks. all, you guys. My big confession is like out of armor all. Like I'm really bad like uh, cleaning like as far as like glass. Like I cannot clean. I've never been able to clean glass. Is it because you- of the sound? No, I just I, I like I smudge it. Like I don't know. Oh. Like I don't know the proper like mirrors, car windows, anything. Like you're I just, using I'm not, the wrong solution. You shouldn't spit maybe. on it, and that's the trick. You don't, don't use your spit. Don't, I don't. use Windex. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Don't ask Danae. She had a lip print on her car window for years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's kind of cool. Right? Okay. Cool. It gives yes. it character. Yes, it's cool. I'm selling this car to Aaron, hopefully. Uh-huh. So maybe I'm yep. not doing the best yep. job. No, I've been thinking that the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, well, that's, the price is coming de- down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't funny. pee in it. So that's positive. At least I don't pee in it. Like, who pees in their car? <laughs> I, I guess it's worth you millions. You shouldn't pee in your car. <laughs> I found someone who doesn't pee in their car. How can I turn that car down? <laughs> like, how is that a positive? <laughs> You I might have, have to scrape a- maggots out of the <laughs> cup holder, but... 
All right. Uh, I'm going to shut it down. We got to get uh, to the show. Shutting it okay. down. Shutting Bye. it down. We're shutting it down. See ya. It was a great show, guys. <laughs> hey, listen. Listen. There there are people on Twitter who one of their favorite parts is me shutting it down. So I'm just That's doing, true. I'm just That's doing true. It. I'm just doing my job. All your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park